Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Bunch of madness around here. DDP Today family, I am so excited that I am joining you now for this special part of episode 306. And uh, man, I tell you what, I love chatting with the boys about this week's topic, but I needed to bring in the big guns. I needed to bring in my besties here. And of course, I've got the one, the only, the incredible Aussie Dave. What's up, brother? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good, man. Sound good? Look good? Yeah, it, it's been a little while. Yeah, dude. Missed you, man. Missed you. Missed yeah. you. So, no, it, it has been a minute. It has been a little minute. Uh, and as you can hear, I've got somebody with me as well, uh, joining us for a little bit of a fun piece of an episode. Yeah, I tell you what, we're going to dive right into it because we had this uh, opportunity to bring on, I am so excited she's here, we are talking about the great Charlotte because Charlotte, we are going to be taking the DDP family on a journey today, on a special journey that no one besides you really has been able to do yet and we want to see Journey of Water with Moana through the eyes of a child because you were very lucky. You're a very special little girl and you were able to actually go in and experience this incredible adventure that is coming to Epcot uh, very, very shortly. So Charlotte, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. That's good. I tell you what, you're going into second grade. You've got so much fun things ahead of you, but talk about a great summer. You got to go to Epcot. You got to go to Epcot and you got to experience Moana Journey of Water. Yes, you did. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you got to go to Epcot because uh, what did you do over the summer that took you to Epcot? Um, over the summer, I went to Disney camp. That's right. They actually operate a special uh, uh, summer camp for Disney for children of Disney cast members. Uh you have to be you have to know a cast member in order to be able to sign up and um we and then the children get to go uh and they get to do lots of fun things. Uh talk about some of the fun things you did at Disney Summer Camp. Where did you go? Um um, um of course I went to Journey of Water. I went on Everest. Whoa. Yeah, like in the middle of her summer camp she gets to ride Everest. What else did you ride? Um, Cali. Cali River Rapids. Dinosaur. Dinosaur. So they do spend a lot of time at uh, Animal Kingdom, and there's a there's a heavy uh, Animal Kingdom uh, and conservation slant to uh, the to the subject matter that they do while at summer camp at Disney. But uh, then uh, you went across to Epcot, didn't you? Yeah. The journey of water was the only time we went to Epcot. No, you went to Epcot one other time. Mm. Do you remember what else you did? No. You did behind the seas. Ooh. Yeah. Nemo. Yeah. So she went to the seas with Nemo and friends, but then they also did the tour where you got to learn about the plants. You remember uh-huh. that? Uh, my favorite thing at the seas thing was, was when I learned about the cuttlefish. You learned about cuttlefish. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. That's You know what, Charlotte, you're so lucky because when I was little, 
the only camps I got to go to, you had to pick up trash on the side of the road. That yeah. was my summer camp. Wow, that sounds riveting. <laughs> what was that like? That sounds really fun. That's how Kentucky does it. That's how Kentucky that does it. That's fun. how we. That's, that's yeah. how we did it there. So Charlotte, that sounds, that sounds incredible. Fun. So you really said fun. you said you got to see some amazing things at this camp, um, but mostly you got to go into somewhere that no one has seen before, and a lot of Disney fans around the world are excited to pick your brain and hear about your experience with this new uh, Moana journey of water. So take me through it. D Dave, you Hold can on, help me well, out here. Yeah. yeah. So before we jump into it, obviously we'll uh, give a quick, because we don't often do this on uh, DDP. Um, we usually try not to ruin anything for people. <laughs> um, and oftentimes things will happen and we go, you know what? We don't need to do an episode about this new thing because everybody else is doing an episode about this new thing. However, we've got an inside scoop before it happens. So... This is your warning for spoiler alerts. And if you would like to not have it spoiled and you ex intend on doing it soon for one reason or another, uh, and you'd like to experience it on your own, uh, we completely understand. And you can switch off and you can always come back to it and listen to it again later. Uh, but for now, we're going to jump in and uh, explore the journey of water with Charlotte Griffiths. Perfect. Uh, Dave, why don't you help me run through it with her? And Charlotte, I want to hear everything from the beginning to the end of this incredible adventure you went on. So uh, the first thing that I was interested in, I asked her, um, I said, so is there a show building? Does any of this happen inside a building, Charlotte? No, it doesn't. It's all outside. So the entire experience is outside. So if you look up, you can actually see the sky, except there's a gate around you. Okay, so you walk in and there's like some walls and your kids they can't run. Right, we don't want that happening, <laughs> do we? All right, um, so <laughs> we 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 enter through like a gate area and we walk in and what's the first thing you see? The first thing you see is if you look straight ahead, you see a mist of water and and it's around you. It's all around you. Okay, so there's a big mist. And from my understanding, it kind of shoots from all sides, left, yes. right, and even maybe possibly from the ground. Um, and as you're walking towards it, there's a bunch of rocks as well. Shoot from the ground. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but there's a bunch of rocks around you, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. And what's on the rocks? On on the rocks is like streams of water in the rocks and and if you drag your hand across them like a harp, then Hold on, we're not up to the harp part. I mean, isn't there some characters carved into the rocks? Oh. Yes, there are. Mm, I only just learned this. So you have to look close into the rocks. I'll tell you the most difficult one stuff. Okay, I'm ready. Hey 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 Pua. Ooh. So apparently there's some characters from Moana that are in there. Uh, and then you walk through the mist. Right? I can even find a fish hook. Oh, there's a fish hook? And that's really easy. Oh, okay. Um, so then you walk through the mist. Yes. Yep. And once you walk through the mist, we arrive at... The streams of water like I was just talking about. Yes, the magical streams <laughs> of water. Yeah. Why are now, you slowing um, her down, Dave? I don't understand. Because she jumps ahead. Um, <laughs> apparently it's genetic. Anyway. <laughs> um, so um, now the magical streams of water you get to play with. Is that right? Yeah. So you drag your hand across them like a harp and make some musical sound. But I'm warning you. Sometimes when you drag your hand across them, it will make sounds, but don't go back. Go back later, because if you drag your hand across them again, like 
like five seconds later, it won't make a sound. Oh, oh it's going to it. recharge its magic. Apparently, apparently. Um, so from what I could ascertain uh, talking to her about this, it seems like there's like um, a raised platform with some water flowing on it. And when you interact your hand with it, it's going to sound like a harp. Gotcha. Um, and in my head, I was like kind of almost like the the panels uh, with the instruments in the, in the exit room of Figment. Yeah. Yep. So kind of some interactive surfaces there, uh, including water uh, that then allows some music to play uh, around you while you're playing in the, in the, in the magical stream. Is that right? Very cool. I'm seeing it in my head right okay, now. Okay, we're imagining it. Me All too. Right, so, Here we go. Um, so then we keep moving past that, uh, and we come to um, we come to an, a space uh, that has uh, some interactive platforms. Uh, and what what are they? What shape is it? The circle, and there's three Y drops in them. Oh. Okay. So it's and a then, symbol that uh, you'll continue to see throughout the entire experience is a circle with three drops. And when you get to these first ones, you stand on it. And what do you need to do? You need to stand on a drop and wave at it. The water will shoot up into the air. And and right below, and, and there's instructions on the side. Right below it, if you look at it, it's right on the very, very bottom. It says, what happens when you stop waving? And and do you want me to keep it a secret or do you want me to tell you, Mister? Oh no no no! I here's the thing, and 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 your dad will tell you this, Charlotte. I'm not good with secrets, so you've got to tell me because I okay. I won't be able to sleep tonight if I don't know. This is true. This is true. So what happens when you uh, when you stop waving? The water shoots down again. Okay, so it stops when you stop. Yeah, but if you keep your hand there, it might stay, and the water might stay shooting up, but. I'm warning you, like I did last time. <laughs> when you wave, it might shoot down still. Oh, okay. So, so we're, interact we're interacting with the water and making it shoot up by waving, but sometimes it keeps going anyway. So let me ask you a question, Charlotte. So is there someone there explaining how to do this? Nope. You just got to yeah. figure it out? You just got to know the magic? Or didn't you say there was some voices telling you? No, there was instructions on the side. Okay, so there's instruction panels. You just oh, read those. Okay. I'm still okay. learning that part. So someone me will have too. to tell me. Yes. Um, all right. So um, so after we've uh, done the waving thing, um, there's another area just past that with the same symbol, the three drops in the circle. But this time, what do you do when what happens when you uh, hold your hand out? So you have to put your hand at a certain part, like align your hand with the top of the gate and then start from there, moving it that slow. And Ooh. the water will shoot up towards your hand. Oh, my goodness. That sounds amazing. So lots of interactive areas um, uh, similar to, uh, once again, I'm going to draw a, an analogy to Figment. Um, there's the um, there's those little spaces where you could put your hand through and move oh, yeah. your hand, yeah. and then it would change the, the, the music. Yeah. Um, so I, I, from what I can understand when she refers to the gate, I think it's something like that, um, where... Uh, you put your hand through and you get to control the height of the water uh, by moving your hand up and down. All right. Then we come to what was the first thing she told me about because she was so excited about this. There was a, there, because once you move past those areas where you get to control the water, uh, you went to a bridge. Is that right? Yes. So tell me about the bridge. So, so, so the, so the things say uh, the water has slowed for us to safely walk across. So so the water like 
rests against the bridge. So it's actually like water on the top of the bridge, and oh. you actually get to walk through it. Is that right? Yes, you get to walk on top. Do of you it. get wet? Um, your feet do. Your feet get a little bit wet. Okay. Yeah. So and your you- hands have already got wet uh, when playing in the magical stream and controlling yeah. the water. But what if you don't want to get wet? Then, then there's a dry bridge you can walk across. No, oh, that's no fun. Who wants to do that? People who don't want to get wet. Oh, well, I guess so. That would make sense. Okay. Yeah. That's why I have you uh, around here, um, kid. You know that? Yeah. Now, Charlotte was telling me that she actually did, she actually did something really cool uh, at one point while she was there. And I don't know if you're meant to do this, but in true child of mine uh, way, <laughs> uh, what did you do? Check off my shoes. Ah, yeah, there you go. Well, there's no berry roundy. I was being sneaky. (laughs) So uh, she actually got uh, took her shoes off and played in the uh, water on the bridge. Um, And then once you've crossed the bridge, you get to my favorite thing: the the waterfall. There's a magical waterfall. Like a waterfall where the water's connected. It's like little streams, just like the harp, except you get to walk through it. Wait, wait, hold on. Now, you just told me just now that only your shoes get wet, and now you're telling me I'm walking through a waterfall? How does that work, and I'm not getting wet? Did you get wet when you walked through the waterfall? Um, Yes, but there is a dry path. So if you don't want to get any more wet, then you can just walk through that path. Gotcha. Okay, so you got a wet now, path, a dry only, path. Not only that, um, my understanding is that uh, when you're walking towards this waterfall of uh, falling streams of water... Uh, if you hold your hand out and wave a little bit, uh, it will actually start to part those. Um, and so it senses that you're coming. That's and, cool. Um, and it actually pulls you, it pulls back the water a little bit. So it won't, so you don't get like buckets of water dunked on top of you, but you do get a little bit uh, of streams of water making you a little wet. Charlie, because you got this amazing new uh, back to school haircut. Looks fantastic. You don't want to get your hair wet, right? Did you get wet? Yes, I got into hot tub. <laughs> yes, you did. No, she likes to get wet. She gets loves to get wet. All right, so um, so you walk through the middle of the waterfall, and then excuse me. Yes, and here's something about the instructions. Um, it doesn't just tell you what to do; it shows you what to do too. Oh, oh so it shows screens? you. Yeah, what to do, and um, here's something cool about it too. There's a character, and you know the character. Which character? Moana. Moana. Very cool. She's the character. Amazing. All right. So uh, once you walk through the waterfall, we're getting towards the end of it, uh, and you emerge out into an area where there's kind of a big pond area, a lake, and a stream going away from it. But what is next to you? What's right there when you walk through the waterfall? What do you see? Tafiti, the, the girl in the background. Oh, yeah, Tafiti. we got her on our Zoom background for this uh, conversation. <laughs> Here's something about Tafiti. Her hands are out cupped like this, and and there's like a little space in between, and water's down. Like, like a rainbow. That's really cool. And Very this cool. is a cloud. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's a cool little area with her, her hands uh, out in front of you. Uh, we've seen... Uh, some photos of this from when it went through its installation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, everybody was posting on social media that Tafiti had arrived. Um, so this is that moment where you appear next to that large, um, that large statue of Tafiti. Um, and so 
Um, once you move past it, there is um, and it, one more interactive space with the Raindrop logo. Uh, and this time, uh, it's actually a panel on the ground that you can stand on or jump on. And what happens when you stand and jump on this logo? Um, you have to jump on it. Oh, you have to jump on it. Sorry. Hmm. Stand on it. And then... You jump on it, and then the second after you jump, you shoot up into the air. So you actually are then controlling uh, jumping fountains of water. That's and, um, super cool. Yeah. Here's one more thing. Um, it's actually two things. One, oh. um, one, um, I forgot um one part of the pad. Um, so it, so that will be like a part of the surprise because I forgot. I don't even remember. Okay. We like right. surprises too. Yeah, they'll be good. And and um and um. While you're walking by, um, can I tell them the yeah. um when you oh when you're walking to the splash pad, um, it ends with a splash pad, right, Dad? It does. So just after this oh. uh, area, it all wraps up with a big uh, interactive splash pad area for kids to play in. Let's be honest; they're already wet by this point. Yep. And when you're walking to the splash pad, what do you get to see? You get to see um um when you're walking um there's like a little path and there's like rainbows of water shooting over your head. See, that's see, Charlotte. That when we were when we were growing up, that's all we had at Epcot. We only had the leaping fountains of water at the at the lily pads up up top. Uh, by Captain, he doesn't Eo. even know what they are. Yeah, man. now you get this. How big was Tafiti? Um, she was about. I'll say about. Um, Is she really big? Um, yeah, she was about. I'll say seven feet. Seven feet. That's big to me because I'm not that big. That's ginormous. I'm not sure how big she is. I I haven't actually personally stood next to it. So yeah, um, but yeah. So little force perspective, maybe there. A little bit of that as well. Ten feet. Something like that. Well, I tell she you what, Charlotte. Good. What would you say uh, now? You, now that you've taken us through this, is this something that every kid and adult should make sure to go and do? Is this something you would do again? Um. Yeah, I'd probably do it again. You probably do it again. Yeah. Do you think you should prepare and maybe wear sandals or something like that? You're allowed to do it again. Right. Oh, um, you can but, go right in. Yeah, but listen. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm all ears. There's no exit. You have to go back from all I just told you. So um, I think there might still be some construction elements. So mm. when she was there, she had to walk back through it. And she was like, I had to walk back through it. And I'm like, no, I'm sure there's going to be an exit area <laughs> out of the splash pad. So there just wasn't when you were there. So they're still building it. She might have to walk. Or they, or they might build an exit. Well, you know what, you know what, Charlotte. A couple of years ago, they had the Christmas tree trail at Disney Springs, and they didn't put an exit there, and everyone had to walk back through it, and that was confusing. So maybe you're it right. Was. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. it, the stranger things have happened. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, Charlotte, I can't thank you enough for coming and hanging out with me and uh, telling me all about this amazing new interactive experience that's coming to Epcot. Uh, later this year and you're just such a special little girl the fact that you are already able to experience that and uh, i can't thank you enough for for sharing it with not just me and your dad but with all of the ddp family listening around the world to uh, you explain this amazing interactive experience was that fun yeah yeah you want to come so... on the show again you got it. Anytime. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just turn the show over to the kids and you and Riley and you all just hop on here and have I'll a good time. Run it. It'll be fine. What could go wrong? 
<laughs> what could go wrong? Actually, it, might, it might get more listens than, than, than you and I have a chat. It would certainly get more <laughs> listens and it would probably be more professional for being honest. So <laughs> this is also true. This is also true. All right. Um, can you say bye to everybody who's listening? Bye, Mr. Justin. And bye, bye. everybody. Bye. Hope All to right, see you I'm soon, kiddos. It is actually late at night, so uh, you need to go to bed. Um, can you go and give mum uh, a big kiss? And yep, it's dark outside. Bye, Mr. Justin. Bye, kiddo. Dude, she's just incredible, man. Uh, such a great kid. Uh, thank you, man. Because she, she, this one thing that's fun is seeing it through the eyes of the kids, and the fact that she got to do something that people have not yet seen, not even cast members have seen, or you know, APs or DVC. Like no one's had those previews. And yet yep. she's able to bring that experience to us is so great. But it's also great, man, having you back. You know, I've been chatting with you like crazy over the phone. But, dude, they will be on a Zoom with you and, and see you. And I'll yeah, be down there soon. So hopefully we'll maybe go get some tacos and, and drink stuff Ooh, like that. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, but, dude, welcome back to the show, man. You're back now. And uh, it's exciting, yeah. dude, to have you back. Thanks. Um, yeah, it has been a little while since I've been here. Um, about three months or so, I think yeah. I've uh, been out of the loop. Um, and uh, I know we've mentioned it um, on a couple of episodes. I think you uh, particularly spoke to the patron members about it. Um, but I went through an interesting transition in my life. Um, long story short, there was um, a a an issue that arose in the workplace um and um there was some back and forth between the company and i um about my involvement uh i stand by the fact that um and have always attested to the fact that um i didn't do anything wrong um but the decision was made and i uh, stepped away from the company um so we parted ways um which was uh, a real challenge um yeah. i mean everybody who listens to this show in any way capacity way shape or form knows that um the disney company has meant a lot to me and my family um 15 years with the company um and i owe so much of who i am to it um but um we, I have stepped away and I'm now pursuing some other stuff. I've got some jobs. I'm working uh, with Marriott, uh, which is exciting. And um, yeah, just uh, exploring opportunities uh, and figuring out where this next adventure will take me. Yeah, I tell you, it's it's this is the one thing about this show that we've always said is, you know, we're here for each other's highs. We're here for each other's lows. And, you know, we we kind of cheer each other through it. And, you know, being you know, one of, you're one of my best friends and, you know, watch, I know how hard that transition was on you, but also seeing you now, you know, three months into it and you've got these amazing opportunities, stuff like that. It's just, it's great, man. And I, yeah, I, this show is not the same without you here. It's just not like you're, well, you are a big part of this community. And I know that, um, as you know, excited people will be to hear, Joe and Mike and I talk about extinct attractions. This will be the highlight of the show is Charlotte on and me and you having a little chat and yeah. people knowing that you're coming back and going to be a part of, you know, regularly on the DDP again. Uh, the DDP family has always uh, has meant so much to me, particularly these last three or so years that I've been involved. It has uh, become a huge part of my life. Um, and 
a testimony to that is how many uh, listeners uh, reached out to me through email and through uh, social media um, to to say that they were thinking of me, to um, let me know that I was that they were with me and that they were worried about me and uh, and checking in on me. Uh, it has been huge. Um, like it, I have. It's been an emotional journey, and part of that has been realizing all of these people that care so deeply. So um, I, I said to you from the beginning, I was always going to be back, but I needed to take some time, focus on uh, getting some priorities in order and making sure that uh, me and my family were taken care of first um, so that I would be able to come back uh, and continue to do what I do here with DDP. Yeah. And I, you know, as your, as your good friend, I said, take two days and we'll see you, you know. Correct. <laughs> um, get back in the chair. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, man. And the support of you, Mike, Joe, uh, even Dan occasionally. No, that's fine. This is the other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all of you, um, Lee, it's one of those things that's sometimes hard to explain to people and like i'd be talking to a friend and i'd be like oh yeah and then the four guys from ddp are, have been giving me advice and i've been talking to justin and they'll and friends of mine are like who are they like these are the guys you do the the podcast with and i'm like yeah but they're more than just four guys that i sit on a podcast with and chat about uh disney with like they're like we, we've talked about the family aspect of what we do and knowing that all of you were right there in my corner um this whole time has been tremendous so um that it is disappointing i'm not gonna lie um the way it all went down but uh it is um it, it's exciting to sometimes be pushed into uh the next chapter um and uh we're we're making the most of it well i'm excited for you man um and dude welcome welcome home uh welcome Thanks. back to the show and now people will finally stop sending me messages of i'm tired of hearing your voice when's the australian coming back so we can actually get somebody pleasurable to listen to um right. so that... I'll, I'll be around I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll be contributing again and i'll yeah. try to um i'll try to make sure that i'm uh able to uh make it to some more recordings now well, Moving it's funny forward. too. I was I was talking to Mike, so Mike's coming uh, down to Orlando on Friday, and he's just doing uh, Sea World. And I said, "You got to go to Aquatic. Aquatic is the best water park in Central Florida." And I said, "But you also get to hear Dave just constantly mm. as as you're there as well." So, uh, so yeah, man, we were always you know always wanted you back here. Like I said, the show's just not the same without you. So welcome home, welcome back to the show. Love you so much, brother, and uh, love your family. And you're raising an incredible daughter, dude. She did just an incredible job of walking us through Moana uh, journey of water. I keep wanting to call it way of water. I don't know why, but I just want to call it way of water, but journey of water. And uh, this will be it. This will be way of water. The avatar. That's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's why. Stop confusing it. They're they're, they're two separate parts of the brain. I'm easily confused. You know this, right? Uh, This is true. This well, is very true. Uh, brother, welcome home. And uh, dude, I can't wait. Let's get back to normal and we'll be recording a bunch of shows coming up. DDP family, we appreciate you. Dave, closing words, close us out. Um, excited to be back, excited to be uh, contributing and to be sitting here and seeing you uh, in a Zoom conversation again. Um, thank you for the opportunity to uh, to let my daughter come on and yeah, uh, share this. Uh, but she, I picked her up, I saw her. Uh, that afternoon after summer camp. And uh, I was like, what did you do today? And she was like, you did Journey of Water. And I went, 
hold on a second, nobody's done that yet. And I had to explain to her what a big deal that was. And uh, and then my, I think the next thing I did, I was possibly still driving and I was like, hey Siri, text Justin Suda. <laughs> um, and I just had to turn my phone off. And I was like, dude, we need to get her to have a conversation about this. I know we don't normally do spoilers, but this is going to be something fun. So um, very excited uh, and blessed to have her on the show and really excited to be back. Well, the one thing too, before we close this out is uh, I'm excited. The, the next show we do, we've got some shows already planned with the Disneyland recap and a couple of those, but the next show we do together, you and I, it's something that you had never done before. I want us to do an Imagineering episode together, me and you, where we will Imagineer something new uh, in the parks. Oh goodness! All right. Yeah, and we'll. Do th- I get th- time to prep? Of course. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we you, it's when you throw these things at me at the last second. I'm like, I got nothing, man. I'm not do, that creative. <laughs> do you know that that's what makes me the happiest though? Because I love throwing stuff at Dan and you at the last second, and you Watching can wing it. Dan freaks out. Dan does. Dan likes to. Dan likes to plan. He's got like notes written up, and um, and but yeah, you know me. I'll just jump in with two feet, and we'll figure it out. From yeah, there. we'll 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 tread water till we finally figure what it is out. What is What is the? There's a quote on the pool at Kadani, and it says, "Only a fool tests the depth of the river with both feet." Interesting. Well, that's me. Fam. I mean, that would be yeah, exa- yeah. Oh, 100% me. I should get a shirt that says fool to test the water with, you know. Yeah, yeah so. I'm, that, I'm that fool. Yeah. All right, brother. Um, but yeah. well, had Thanks. a blast, dude. Thanks for coming on. And uh, dude, we'll definitely, uh, DDP family, will have lots and lots of content coming up real soon with me, Dave, Dan, Joe, and Mike. And until next time, guys, I hope you have an amazing week. Keep creating those memories. Keep it positive. Keep moving forward. And we love you and we'll see you real soon. Cheers. Hello, everyone. Welcome to DDP Today, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and today I am joined by two of my buddies. I'm super excited because we have an awesome topic. But before we get to it, let's go around and check out how everyone's doing. Going to start with my buddy, who I'm going to be seeing very, very soon. That is the one, the only, the great Joe Q. What's up, man? What's up, man? How are you? I'm looking forward to heading up to the Palmetto State to visit you. Um Maybe we'll give Mike a little bit of FOMO for once. Usually I'm the one that's like missing out because not hanging out right, but it'll be me this time hanging out with you. So looking forward to it and uh, hanging out. Maybe I'll record an episode or two. Who knows? Yeah, we'll record an episode in the hot tub. How about that? That works. As long as at the bathtub, that'd be really <laughs> weird. <so. laughs> we have a big bathtub, man. We have a big bathtub. We're fine. Uh, awesome, dude. Well, speaking of uh, Mike, what's going on, brother? You've got a big trip coming up. I do. As a matter of fact, Joe's coming up to Palmetto State, and I'm going down to his state, the Sunshine State. I'm headed down to Florida on Friday. Um, I'm going to do something a little bit different this time. Um, girls have never done SeaWorld before, so I'm going to make it a SeaWorld weekend. Um, I've been kind of missing Dave a little bit, so I'm going to go to Aquatica and get oh, to hear his, yeah. uh, <laughs> his, his, his lovely tones going, you know, carrowing through the park. So uh, I think we're going to do that. Um, I, I got to get through these next couple of days, though, because right now my house is under construction, and I'm very OCD when it comes to have everything where it belongs in the house. And I don't understand how we could be getting work done on two small rooms in the house, yet the entire house is like in a disarray. So we have a small little laundry room that my wife is having remodeled and redone and, you know, painted and put up shelves and all that kind of stuff. And then the other room is our
our pantry, you know, like we have a little bit of a walk-in pantry, and she's having all new stuff done in that, but it feels like the entire house exploded all over the place. Like, my living room has got boxes of stuff, my hallway, my washing machine, and my dryer are in the hallway to get to my bedroom, and I'm like, how does everything get so disarrayed within, like, two days? And, uh, you know, but I, I guess, you know, just go to work, forget about it, come home on Thursday, put everything back together, and then we'll be off to work, you know, off to the uh, Florida on Friday. So, uh, but it just drives me nuts. I had that little bit of a compulsion where I hate coming in and seeing the house a mess. Yeah, house has got to be perfect before I leave out of town. Like, has to be. I'm has the same way, man. I don't like, I would, that would give me anxiety coming back knowing I had a mess in my house. Like, things yeah. weren't put away, especially like Mike's redoing, you know, his laundry room. So, like, you come home, you want to do your laundry, get unpacked, get settled. After like a great weekend, and you're like, yeah, I can't do that. Like I've got a construction site here, so I, I can sympathize with you, Mike. It's I wouldn't like it. I'm excited for you to do SeaWorld. So I'm an I'm a SeaWorld AP holder. Joe, are you a SeaWorld AP holder? Man, I haven't been to SeaWorld since I was a little kid. Really? Man. Yeah, I know you guys went last year during the uh, Halloween Horror Nights kind of deal, and yeah. obviously Jen and I weren't around. But uh, it's been a long time since I've been. I've driven by it about four million times to see it from I four. Yeah. You pass uh, it every time you go to Disney my, property. My brother used to live down the street from it when he had an apartment there years ago. And I know they made great strides and the new you know, roller coasters there and they kind of updated a lot of things. Aquatica's there, obviously. And but I haven't I haven't been. It's just something that just Jen and I never get around to. We we barely go to Universal with our APs. So uh but I would love to one day. So I like to get uh Mike's trip report when he comes back to see uh, how the girls liked it. So well, why don't we do this? So I'll be down. I'm down a lot in September. I'm down the first week of September. I'm down, of course, for uh, Universal Unleashed Nights of Fear, September 13th through the 17th. If you haven't got a hold of us, what are you waiting on? Get a hold of us for an adults only time down doing Halloween Horror Nights and, of course, Hallow Scream or SeaWorld. But then I'll be back down at the end of September for a daddy daughter trip, Joe. And what I think is that Riley would love to see Mr. Joe and Miss Jen. And since we have APs, we each have free passes, and you guys should Ooh. come to SeaWorld with us one day. Well, that sounds like an offer I cannot refuse. So, And I know Miss Jen would love to do that as well. So. Dude, we'll go watch the dolphins and the orcas, and we'll go, we'll go ride some coasters and all that fun stuff, man. Do they have one of those coasters that you wear, like the VR glasses? Is there yeah. still a thing there? Yeah. Oh, man, it just sounds terrifying. I don't know if I could do it. I think I would get motion sick. I, so I have uh, Mike and I, Jay, Jay back in the day, <laughs> was like you, you guys gotta buy Oculus. You gotta buy Oculus, and so Mike and I both bought an Oculus, and uh, and isn't that what it is, Joe? Or I mean, Mike, it's Oculus, yeah, it's right? The, uh, yeah, 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 the Oculus Quest or something. That's like what that. it is. Yeah. So we yeah. bought one. So then we get online to play, uh, and it's me and him and and uh, and and Mike, and we're all sitting there, and, and we're we're playing this game. It's called like Sunshine. Arizona Sunshine. That is there. We. That's why we keep Mike around. He's <laughs> the one that remembers. He's got the memory. Um, so we're standing around, you, you know, you're in this area and you have these VR glasses and we're all talking to each other and we're fighting zombies. And I could do it for like 20 or 30 minutes, man. I get so motion sick. I couldn't, I'd have to take it off for a little bit. I just couldn't do it. So I can't imagine riding a roller coaster and wearing that too. Mike, have you used your Oculus recently? <clears throat> I haven't used it recently. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, we were playing that Arizona Sunshine game one time. It was so bad that we were playing it for so long. And you kind of get really like into the thing. And there was a table where, because we were fighting zombies, where your guns would be laid out. And you know you would have all your, your gear and stuff so you could fight the zombies. And I vaguely remember, well, not vaguely remember, I do remember, um, I was tired from playing the game. And I went to lean down on one of the tables, just kind of you know, put my weight on that. And I fell to the floor because there was no <laughs> table there. It was just, it was empty. And, I, and in your head, you're in that area. 
area, and it's like, all right, I'm just going to lean down for a minute, and I go to lean down on the table, and I fell right to the floor. So, um, yeah, I don't use it that much, but, yeah, I do. So, Mike, uh, I, have a stupid, I have a stupid question. Yeah, So, yeah. Uh, do you need, like, I've never done that before. I've never used it. Oh, let's do it Thursday. I'll get Joe in. I'll get Joe oh, yeah. in the I'll do it back then. Well, sure I'll, I'll do walk the plank on Thursday with Joe. Okay. Yeah. All right, make sure you get a bucket so if I get sick next to, uh, <laughs> you know. But I, I, the one thing I got to ask is, like, do you need, like, an open area to do this? Because, yes. like, do you need to be, like, yeah. so Mike's, Mike, he's usually recording in his garage, right? It's going to be a little mm -hmm. bit of open space. Like, I would be, like, walking over things if, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how this works. I like to do it on the stairs, Joe. That's where I like to do it. fun <laughs> <laughs> that way. <laughs> yeah, I used to do it down in the basement because our basement on the other house, we had a huge open area in the basement. Um, I have a couple of rooms I could do it in here. I have, a, like, a media room I could probably do it in. I have a nice open area in that. Um, you set up your boundaries uh, when, you, when, you, when you, like, wherever you go, whatever room you're in, you set up your boundaries. So you'll kind of trace it on the floor. This way it kind of gives you a boundary when you're playing the game so if you're coming a step towards that boundary the glasses kind of turn off and you can kind of see in front of you but if oh, you're within, okay, cool. but, but if you're within your zone then everything is like reality i mean you can put on netflix and literally sit in a movie theater and look around the movie theater and you can have avatars in there with you and you're literally watching a netflix movie sitting in a movie theater See, that's where the, the lawyers came in, where they're like, okay, well, the glasses are going to turn off so nobody gets hurt. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that, that sounds really cool, actually. So well, here's I'd like to give it a try, Justin. You yeah, should definitely video Thursday, me doing this. On Thursday, we'll have a few beverages, and then we're gonna I'm going to put you in VR for the first time ever, and then I'm going to go live in the patron group while you do VR. So it'll be fantastic. Okay. It'll be great. So uh, I will I'll tell you what, boys, let's get into our topic. Uh, I'm Like I said, you can always tell we're like, we're like, we get giddy whenever we get to spend time together. Like we get really excited. So we want to chat and, and do all that. Guys, tonight we have an amazing topic. Look, throughout history, there's been so many great attractions that have come and gone that this week we decided we're going to get in our time machine and we're going to go back in time and we're going to talk about our top 10 extinct attractions at Walt Disney World. Joe, there are so many great attractions that you and I grew up with that are no longer there that this list really was actually harder to put together than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I know that um, everybody always says like Walt never wanted Disney, his Disney parks to be, or Disney Park at the time, to be museums, right? right. But however, like a lot of these attractions are like the core fan base, right? Like, I mean, our generation, this is what we grew up on. This is what we love. Are they the most exciting attractions? No, but they're the ones that like brought us to become super Disney fans. And I'm, I'm super excited to uh, discuss that tonight. And uh, a lot of the list is what was on my list. So Yeah, uh, Mike, you know, it's one of those things where as we put this list together, it brought back a lot of memories for me of things that I enjoyed both as a kid and as an adult going to Walt Disney World. It is. And, you know, I... I have fond memories on both ends, you know, because I did this with my parents and I did this as a young child. And then obviously I have when I introduced my family to this, uh, Laura did it a few times with her parents, not as much as I did it with mine. Um, I think my parents, we did it a little bit more frequently than they did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of it's a mixture of both. I kind of wish that my girls got to experience some of these older ones. But uh, but, you know, it's. It's a time and place where they'll be able to go back to their kids, you know, when the time comes and say, hey, you know, I used to ride this with my dad or my mom. And, you know, this was a ride that was extinct that you guys never got to see. And I'm sure there'll be other ones that pop up because it's always changing. Uh, well, let's start right now, guys, with our top 10 list. Let's start with number 10, working our way to number one of the top 10 extinct attractions at Walt Disney World. 
Coming in at number 10, we are talking about an attraction that opened October 1st, 1971, and closed down November the 10th, 1999, and that is the Skyway. The Skyway was a gondola lift that would uh, take you back and forth between Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. Actually, it had two different stations. had one in Fantasyland, had one in Tomorrowland. And if you were leaving Tomorrowland, the station was the Skyway to Fantasyland. And if you were leaving Fantasyland, the sky, it was the Skyway to Tomorrowland. Uh, Joe, I really enjoyed this as a kid. A lot of people say this was kind of, hey, it's just a ski lift. But for me, it got you up in the air. You could see the entire property. I really thought it was cool in a unique way. And now we see a modernized version of it with the gondola system implemented on Walt Disney World property. Yeah, I can't actually imagine what this would be like if this was actually operating in the parks today, just with the the shenanigans that go on with social media and phones and God knows what else, right? But I love this as a kid, especially riding it from Tomorrowland to Fantasyland because it what did it go over? It went over the Grand Prix Raceway. And as a kid... Loved race cars. It was one of my favorite attractions growing up as a Grand Prix Raceway. Had a switch station in the middle of it. So actually you kind of made kind of like what you do at the uh, the boardwalk right now where the kind of the gondola kind of makes that uh, hard left or 90 degree turn. Kind of had a similar switch station inside the, the Grand Prix Raceway. I actually remember that. But it was just so cool. And I remember probably in my later teenage years, right before it kind of closed, you know, trying to be a smart aleck, you know, and kind of like shouting at people, waving. And, you know, you see people kind of like, calling for their families, right? And you'd be like, hey, up here, you know, and you get them to look up and you kind of play like, you know, kind of be a little, you know, corny with that kind of stuff, but had a great time with it. Absolutely loved it. It's kind of sad it's gone, but uh, I just, I could not see it actually existing today. It's just, <laughs> I don't think it would be a, a good idea. There is zero chance, Mike, this thing exists today with people throwing stuff off of it. Uh, it's just a different era with people, like Joe said, making videos. Let me give you a couple of facts about this thing. This thing's 60 foot in the air. Like we said, it stretched from Fantasyland to Tomorrowland. Went at a whopping four miles per hour, almost a four-minute attraction. And if you were there on opening day, this was a D ticket. This would require a D ticket for you to enjoy this attraction. Um, I always enjoyed it. Mike, is this something you did as a kid? I did. There was two places that I did this. I did this at Disney World when we were younger. And we did it, and Joe would know the place. Uh, Six Flags Great Adventure. They had one that would go around there well, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that that was another place where I rode the similar type of ride. Uh, my mom was really funny with rides when she was a kid, uh, when we were kids. She would only go on a ride if it was going forward and not backwards, huh. and as long as she could be facing forward. So she was good with pretty much everything, but she wouldn't go on, like, she was great for Space Mountain, but would never go on something like, um, you know, Rock and Roller Coaster because it goes upside down, or if it goes backwards. So she would never do Yeti, you know, the uh, you know Expedition Everest, but she would do Space Mountain all day. So just kind of a weird thing that she would have. I, I don't know if it was just a weird, I don't know, if it was actually her uh, fears or if it was just, you know, just something that she actually felt. But I remember doing this with my mom quite a bit. My dad was never uh, would would never do this, and I remember doing it with my mom quite a bit in both places, Great Adventure and in Disney World. Yeah, it's it's uh, th- this for me is one of those things. You know, they always say, you know, like eight seventies eighties kids, like we drank from the hose. We ride. It was funny. I was showing Katie a uh, a video the other day about these people, and it was they were about to outlaw drunk driving or drinking and driving in Texas. And there's this video you can you can find it if you if you search for it. And these people were like. Uh, you mean you're going to – a man can't go to work and then drive home and enjoy a few beers on his drive home, you know, just saying like that. Like, this is something I – re, I remember when we got in, Joe, I don't – I'm sure there was some sort of maybe small safety belt that went on you, but there was no restraint or anything like that. No, I definitely don't remember. I remember, Mike, I remember the buckets were kind of high up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so like had some you, railings. You really had to like – 
And I just think it was a different time, right? I just think that people didn't, like we've seen some crazy things. I'm not going to repeat anything, but we've seen some crazy stuff in the news this week happening at Disney. People disembarking from attractions onto parts of the set of an attraction, right? I, I just don't see that happening back in the day when we used to have this attraction, thank goodness. But um, yeah, there was, I don't remember a safety harness ever. Yeah, me either. You can still see uh, a little bit of the Skyway if you're in Disneyland, which we were just there. Uh, if you're going to the Matterhorn, which I had the had the joy of riding the Matterhorn <laughs> right behind Mike in the very back seat, and I will tell you this, uh, whew, if I thought Space Mountain was bad in Walt Disney World, that thing just beats you up if you're in that back of that that uh, that ride vehicle. And we'll talk about that. We've got a great two part episode coming up with the DDP Disneyland Vacation uh, dropping here soon for you. I know a lot of people have been asking. That's coming. We want to make sure we can get a everybody. A lot on. of people waiting. For I that know, show, man. man. I know. We got to make sure. <laughs> Dan's worked like I feel like Dan has worked 19 days in a row. So we got to wait till Dan gets off uh, so he can be a part of it. But if you do want to see it, there are a couple wrecked Skyway buckets on the Matterhorn. Um, it is right at the top of the lift hill, and they're uh, they kind of beaten apart and torn up, like like the uh, the Yeti, the Abominable Snowman, just completely beat them apart up there. So, uh, if you want to check those out, that is there, guys. The Skyway coming in at number ten, closed November the tenth, nineteen ninety nine. Let's move on to number nine. This for me was one when it closed. I was extremely bummed, but I have, have grown on its replacement, and we're heading over to Epcot. And we are talking about an attraction that opened July the 5th, 1988, and lasted until October the 5th of 2014, and that is Maelstrom. Mike, this for me, I loved this attraction when I was a child. I didn't love the movie at the end, but I loved the attraction. Uh, the fact that the backwards drop, which you still get with Frozen, but I just like the fact that you got into that Norwegian culture. You saw what the the, the heritage was of the, the country. And through that attraction, they really told the story of Norway. Yeah, and it was very controversial when they got rid of that because, you know, people were like, we don't want to see the IPs in the park. You're going to pump us up with the, you know, the, the Frozen stuff. Um, that was kind of the the turning point where they started adding a lot more of the what we see now with like Ratatouille and some of the other stuff that we're seeing taking form in Epcot and that whole area over there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love doing the Maelstrom ride. Um, I, I can say I never stayed for that movie in the no. end. I he was the saddest of, cast member ever, Mike. Yeah, I always felt He's bad. He's like, please stay kind of, for my movie, you know? I just kept <laughs> going on right and I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm not sticking around for this one. Um, but the ride was cool. It was almost like a hidden gem. I don't think a lot of people would real, you know, whenever the people talked about Epcot, especially back in the earlier days, they didn't see that as the place where you would actually go to, you know, to take in, you know, the rides. And um, it was a pretty good, thrilling ride for being part of a pavilion. You know what? You have two ba- two side by side that are that were super underrated attractions with Maelstrom, and then right next door, Three Caballeros. You know, both great attractions you can go to. Uh, Joe, this for me, I, there's a couple on this list, and I'll get to them. That when it closed, I really was. This is one of those for me. I was like, "Come on, man, really!" Like, I remember probably if you go back to a DDP, we weren't quite doing the show back then, but I I didn't love the idea of bringing Frozen into World Showcase. I I I still don't love the idea of it. I don't like the idea of, of you know Remy in there. I think World Showcase pre two thousand ten was like the perfect version of World Showcase. I just don't I I think it served its purpose on its own and I don't think we need IPs around the property like that. No, I'm going to sound like a big hypocrite here, but I agree with you not 
a fan of the Frozen attraction, even though it's the same ride layout, like Mike said. Um, and the same thing with Remy. Great ride. They themed that area of the, the park beautifully for France. So I, I do give them credit. They actually at least themed that, that area. Um, however, I say I'm a hypocrite because I think the three Caballeros was fine, and I never really even looked at it as an IP, technically. So, well, that's true. Um, I didn't even think about that. It technically is an IP, it right? It is an IP. But I, does anybody really look at it? Not no. really, you know. Um, but Mike hit the nail on the head. Um, to me, the late 80s to the mid 90s is my favorite time to be a Disney Parks fan. That's around the 20th anniversary. I had some of the best trips I had. And to me, Mike talked about a, you don't think of Epcot or even World Showcase as a place that has thrilling attractions. To me as a kid, as a 9, 10, 11-year-old kid, this was the thrill ride inside Epcot. Yeah. Because think about it. There was nothing in Future World that was thrilling. The, the clo- There was nothing. I mean, World of Motion, Spaceship Earth. I mean, those were not thrill attractions. So this was the thrill attraction for a very long time until Test Track came along and then Soren came along. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was really sad. I loved having that Norwegian culture. I think it was kind of cool. Um but at the same, because you see Frozen everywhere, and like I, you know, for me as a classic Disney World fan, I, it's hard for me to see changes. Right, um, I agree with you. I wasn't happy about it, but you know, I guess it's it is what it is. Right, I'm glad the layout is still the same. So you you know you can still have the same ride experience, but it's just it's a little bit different. I mean, I actually think they did a decent job with Frozen. I, I don't like it that it's there, but when I go on the attraction, I think it tells the story well, and I think it's done well. So if that's a consolation prize, then. I'm okay with it then. But, yeah, I do miss Maelstrom. No, I agree. I think they did a great job with Frozen. I think for them taking an existing ride system, and that's that's why I have so much hope with some other changes that are going on around Walt Disney World right now. Um, but for them to take an existing ride system and then put in something and be able to tell the story the way they did, I think they did really did. But here's the thing for me is, like, I can watch Frozen. You know what I mean? I can I can watch that movie at home. When I go to World Showcase, especially now that I have, you know, Riley, who's 11 years old, she never, she got to experience Maelstrom. She was only like two or three at the time. She didn't, she, she doesn't remember it. She, she would learn more from Maelstrom than she will from Frozen. She'll enjoy Frozen more right now. But for Maelstrom, it always served that purpose of Epcot. Epcot is a learning center. As a whole, you're either learning about, you know, the the technologies of tomorrow or you're learning about the land or you're learning about the sea or you're learning about, you know, different cultures and countries. And I just think that Maelstrom provided us with that opportunity to take the plunge, you know, past polar bears and and and, you know, go go down and see the way that the harbor towns and villages worked and looked and see the way that the um, you know, they had the oil rigs off the distance of the coast. And just for me, that was everything like I really enjoyed that. And I wish that I really hope we don't lose more and more of that going forward. And that's why Maelstrom was so great. So little facts about Maelstrom, for those of you who have never done it, uh, it was a, of course, you rode in a Viking boat like you do now. Uh, it would do about 1,000 riders per hour, and uh, it is about a four-and-a-half-minute uh, attraction. So a nice attraction. The, the, the queue was a quarter of the size that it is now for Frozen, so maybe Disney did make the right, the right decision there. Um, but uh, it, it is definitely something that is missed. Uh, I, I wish it was back. Uh, talking about the movie, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking about uh, uh, the spirit of Norway uh, was the was the movie, and I'll tell you this: if you're a DDP listener right now, you're part of the family, and if you sat through this movie more than let's say 
more than every other time you rode this, I want you to get on our Facebook group and comment right now. Say, like, I love the spirit of Norway. Because, Joe, I'm telling you, man, I've never seen a sadder cast member. He was just like, come learn about our culture, you know, and <laughs> there you couldn't get through those doors fast enough to get outside of that pavilion. Like, it was just, you were gone. There, I may have some, vi- I may have some video of that movie somewhere. Because there was a part where I started to, like, videotape, um, like some of the movies, like I was, I was actually trying to do more video of the in the parks of Jen and I. And I think before this changed over to Frozen, I remember I was videotaping a lot of like I did One Man Stream, I did the O Canada movie. So I may actually have this movie somewhere. I need to go digging through the archives of my hard drive, but uh, I may have it. But I know if, more often than not, ninety eight percent of the time I walk through that that movie, that podcast member. I, I wonder what, I wonder what the Norwegian people think about the change. You know what I mean? Because now you see, because you know, you have a lot of a lot of cast members come over on college program or you know stuff like that. Uh, and do do they mind kind of a mythical place like Frozen and Arendelle being depicted as their culture? Well, I, I would say this, Justin. Mike and I are both Italian, right? So it, it would be kind of like if you took the Italian pavilion in Epcot and took Luigi from Cars and made an Italian attraction from it. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know, Mike. I mean, do you think that's a fair assessment, Mike? Or I agree, but I bet if they had a Frozen movie, that cast member would be happy because everybody would stop and watch it. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Finally, you stay. Yeah. Oh, watch uh, Olaf. You know, don't you love our accents? They're just awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're known for for sure. Uh, well, let's move on. I'm going to turn this one over to Mike. Coming in at number eight, Mike. What do we got? Uh, the original Star Wars uh, over over the Star Tours, um, I, I've done them both. Uh, they were they, they were really cool. Uh, Mike, the best part, I mean, I'm just, the old way was good. I'm glad it's kind of gone. They actually that's one of the few things when they've kind of closed it down and redid it. They did a really good job doing it. Um, one of my favorite things when this ride closed, believe it or not, was some of the Star Wars commercials that came out. There was a there's one where Darth Vader was walking around Disneyland with um, with some stormtroopers getting ready for this ride to have the grand opening because it had been closed for a refurbishment. Um, so w- when they did that, I thought it was really cool because they had you know Darth Vader had a lightsaber pop out when he was on Haunted Mansion, and then you know they, they, the stormtroopers would beat the parade. So it was very very cool. Um, I've done both. I actually think the newer version is better. The way they, they kind of redid it, so I'm glad to see that they uh, they went in the right direction, keeping it the same way. And I know um, for a while, I don't know if they're doing it anymore. I'd have to I'd have to find out um, when they added all of those new stories to the new Star Wars ride. Um, they would give you a passport book, and depending mm-hmm. upon what what land you would go to, you'd be able to get your, your book stamped. And I think it was like 17 different scenes you could get. And the more and more you rode, the more chances you had to get your book filled. So um, I don't know if they still do that. I've never seen those books around anymore. But I remember when they first brought the new Star Wars ride out once they got rid of the old version that was around from 1987 to 2010. Um, it was it was one of those things where people could kind of experience a little bit more by getting their books stamped, getting to do some some new rides. I kind of like the idea of how it was a different ride every time. I kind of wish they would do that with something like Soren too. I mean, how hard would that be? Yeah, I mean, you just have a different different you know, just change it up like different flight path every time. You know, depending on what you're getting. Uh, Joe, this original Star Tours was a happy accident. So the original Star Tours comes about because of one of the most unpopular movies ever made 
by Disney, and that's the the black hole. So they make the black hole. It's a complete flop. Um, doesn't do well. But in the time, Disney decided that they were going to create these ride simulators for the opening, where guests would have the ability to choose their route and be able to go through. Uh, a black hole kind of attraction. Of course, they say, oh, well, the black hole bombed, uh, so we don't want to do that. It's not going to be popular in the parks. But they don't, of course, no great idea at uh, Disney ever dies, so they shelf the idea. And then when they go on, they're working with George Lucas, and they're working on Captain EO. They approach him, and they say, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a Star Wars-based motion simulator. And so they go ahead, they build that up, and you get to now ride this incredible attraction um, I actually prefer the original Star Tours versus the Star Tours now. I know most people are going to scoff at me that I'm insane, but the reason for it is this. I And Mike knows this. And Joe, you're with me, actually. This works. I haven't seen all the Star Wars. Like, I've seen all the movies, but I've not seen all the, like, intricacies in between. You know, I don't know all the stories. And there's just something special about that original Star Tours that was there that I really, really enjoyed. So I do love the fact that this thing, $32 million they ended up spending on it before they opened it um, on January 9th of 1987. Joe, this this for me, start, the original Star Tours, I would take it back in a heartbeat. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like racking my brain right now. I'm, I'm sure I'm 99.99% sure I wrote this. As a no, you had to have. I, I, you had I to just, have. I don't, I don't remember the differences. Um, and I honestly, I didn't have time to like at least watch some of the old footage on YouTube to kind of reflect and refresh my memory. But I'm sure, like, I'm a, more of a fan of the, the classics four, five, and six. Right, the first three that were mm-hmm. released. I yep. love that Star Wars, and I'm sure Mike would you know, probably agree. It's probably the the best ones, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I feel like that's what maybe the original was more based on. Um, I do like the fact that it rotated. That kind of sounds familiar. Um, I, I just I don't know off the top of my head, but I listen. I will air. I will air with my brother here, who's the Star Wars fan. Um, if he says that improvements I've made and the newer one is better, we'll go with that. But there's nothing. There's nothing better than the classic. I'm just glad that that Star Tours is still in the studios. Because even though it's not in Galaxy's Edge, I just think that outside of that attraction, it's themed so well with like the, the giant redwoods and 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 when you walk through that queue, it's one of the best queues to walk through. Like it's kind of stuck in the late '80s, right? But it's still got like the the, the the ship inside, and I don't know. It's just it's got that old school '80s feel, the classic Star Wars feel that actually I love a lot. So, uh, but I definitely this is one of those ones I really want to rack my brain. Uh, when we get done, I actually want to see if I actually can remember uh, riding this back in the day. Well, it's very, uh, very on the point. Um, this, like the one thing I loved, I liked Captain Rex as our our pilot, our bumbling kind of misfit pilot, um, voiced by the great Paul Rubens, who just passed away yesterday. Um, rest in peace, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, as you may know him. But uh, he uh, he voiced Rex, so um, you know his his kind of thumbprint on on that property. Uh, no longer there as well. So uh, look, I I really enjoyed it. I I enjoyed the original Star Star Tours. I'm with you, Joe. The original movies are the best, but I I mean I I, I know Mike prefers one, two, and three over the originals. Um, he's a big Jar Jar fan. Um, but you know we we'll stick with the originals. We'll stick with the OGs. <laughs> Gotta love Jar Jar. You gonna get the, Misa no likey. Um, all right, God. let's move you on. See, I, I, Mike, hold on. Are you, are you serious? You like Jar Jar Binks? Him. No, of course. Oh, because every I, I did watch the one, the first, you know, one, two, and three, and like I didn't mind that character, and people just seemed to really dislike that character. I just never got it. But George Lucas's two just, biggest mistakes was the uh, was the uh, Christmas, Christmas special, special. <laughs> and the Jar Jar Binks. 
Okay. <laughs> like eight minutes of the Wookiees talking to each other. Yeah. You know, just horrible. Uh, let's move on to number seven. I'm going to take this one because I'm going to be coming to Joe for the next two. This, for me, may be the one attraction. Ah, there's other ones on here, but still, it's way up on my list, on our list that I remember the most. Why? Because it's the one attraction of Walt Disney World that scared the living something out of me. I was terrified of this attraction. Opening June 20th of 1995, we were taken into the extraterrestrial alien encounter. Uh, closed October the 12th of 2003. This is probably the most controversial ride that Disney ever did. Uh, Joe, this thing was absolutely terrifying. Sits in Tomorrowland. Um, it was a uh, about an 18-minute show, which is pretty long to be terrified. And you would be set down, strapped in, and you were a part of an experiment to where an alien from the original Alien series would appear, break out, and then take over the room, as you said, in pitch dark, and felt the breath and the tentacles and him walking above you. This thing was terrifying as a child. Yeah, so you're talking to the guy right now who's going to be hiding behind Jacob Moore in about two months when we go through Halloween Horror Nights, right? Or the guy who still sits inside of a bug's life and leans forward because the... The quote unquote yeah, maggots I do that too. kind of pop I do out. Too. I lift my still feet. I lift me. my feet. I lift my feet. This up. was a this was a literally a scary attraction. And the fact that like you were strapped in that the shoulder harnesses came down above you and you were literally locked in. There was no like emergency, like, oh, if you feel sick, you know, exits here. Like, no, nobody left that theater. You were in there for that duration. And that was a long time. That was a legit scary attraction. And I remember the previews for it. If if you ever want, if you ever get bored and you're surfing the internet, go down to YouTube hole, Google the um, the Alien Encounter like previews like that Disney would put out. It, it 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 was worse than than what they were showcasing. Like it was that much more terrifying. Um, great, you know they did a great job of replacing Mission to Mars with that kind of went from one extreme to the other, but a great use of the theater. Um, and it was a disappointment after it was removed for what was put in there afterwards with Stitch. Um, and honestly, I think with the amount of Halloween parties that we have right now, I think this would have been great. I think they pulled the trigger too fast on removing this attraction. I think this would, would have been really good to give people like a little bit of a scare now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you get that with Halloween Horror Nights. I mean, Halloween Horror Nights is ridiculous. And as somebody who experienced it for the first time last year, this would at least give a little bit of that back to the Disney parks. I think they, I don't know. I just think they, they really pulled the trigger too fast on pulling it out. But this is my, this is one of my top three Michael Eisner stories, Mike. So mm-hmm. they they open up uh, like a preview for this, like like I said, a mission to Mars, okay, at the, where that former attraction was. So guests go into it and they come out and they you know they take the surveys like they always do, and guests overwhelmingly said it's too violent, it's too scary, the storyline doesn't work, like just it's nothing is good about this thing, <laughs> and so Michael Eisner says, you know what, let's close it down. It's not intense enough. Let's make it more intense. <laughs> then, then they take it, and it just sits in the Magic Kingdom for all these years. You know what I mean? For almost two decades. Terrifying families. But I'm with Joe. Here's the thing. I think it works better now than it did in the late 90s, early 2000s. I think families now would really uh, 
young kids, no. But I think this is what Magic Kingdom needs. It needs some more adult attractions. Like we got Tron now. You get Space Mountain, but this uh, this now with the, because look, Joe, we've seen it perfectly. Let's compare a scary movie made in 1970. Let's take Alien for example. I think made in early 1970s, probably the original Alien. And let's compare it to a Saul movie. The amount of gore and gruesome that has we have moved to a culture, you know, is so infinitely higher that I think our like tolerance, our to- yeah, our tolerance is so much higher to this stuff than it used to be. And I think this would be a huge attraction there. I mean, Halloween Horror Nights is the most popular attraction in Orlando right oh, now. Oh, huge! It's not even close. And if you want to join us, Justin at WaywithBetravel uh, come join us. Well but. done. Well done. <laughs> but no, it really is. I mean, the the lines, things are selling out. I mean, rooms are selling out at Universal. Like people want that. The 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 uh, look. Mike's got you know young adult daughters, whatever. I'm sure like it's it's different than what we were. They they enjoy scary things and, and different experiences than we did when we were kids. I mean, so yeah. I mean, I really think that that they missed the bonus. And the thing is, the theater is still sitting there. I mean, they have to rebuild it, right? I mean, but the the guts are still there. I mean, the theater's still there, but I don't know. I really, I agree with you, man. They missed the boat. They were maybe 10 years too early yep. on this almost. Mike, where do you stand on this one? Um, I, I like the idea of having the scary stuff and having that option there that gives it a little bit more of a thrill park. Um, it's not just a kiddie place. Um, you know, that's nice with them. when it comes to Orlando. You kind of feel like they, they kind of cross the, you know, cross their T's with, uh, with a lot of different options for different people. Um, having something scary there, I kind of like the idea of them keeping it. I know some of the purists are, well, you know, it's not, it doesn't belong in a Disney park. Um, I think it belongs there as long as you present it the right way. You know, don't, don't place it off as going to be something that's going to be really easy. At least if you're upfront with like, hey, this is something that, you know, this is for our, you know, our older kids or somebody who's does not going to scare very well, then, um, then, then I would keep it that way. With the way that Bob Iger loves IPs, I mean, loves IPs. Do you think he would ever be like, "Hey, let's bring that back"? We probably, we probably got that stored somewhere. And also, Joe, Joe, does this come down to out of all the things we're talking about? Is this the? I'm looking at our list right now. Is this the second most? No, probably the first. It's probably the most unused space or waste of space on our list. I would say probably second. It's probably the most, it's probably the most prime real estate that's not being used yeah. in the Magic Kingdom in Tomorrowland, but there's, I think there's other spaces, which I think next on our list will be part of a Yeah, that's where I was looking at that one. Used. I was like, yeah. But yeah, but but the, the real estate is prime and used as giant stroller park. And remember, there's two theaters there. Yeah. So that would be a huge, uh, you know, uh, Guest, you know, uh, you know, attendance eater, you know, if you're having filling in two theaters at the same time, that you're not you're not getting right now. So it's uh, it's kind of doing a disservice to dispelling crowds in the Magic Kingdom as well. But well, and I know Stitch, like Stitch, closed January sixth of two thousand eighteen, um, which that's what replaced Alien Encounter. It's been five years already. It's five years, man. The five years. So think of Disney. That's like owning. So that'd be like owning a home, and you don't live there. You could rent it out, but you just let it sit empty for five years. Like it's just it's it's kind of perplexing and i understand that they're that they were building tron and that covid kind of put everything on the back burner but man what a great property what a great area right there that you could put something really new and fantastic in well i mean i i think uh i think it's gonna be a while till something goes back in there i mean they've got their uh they've got their their challenges in front of them right now um 
not only financially with you know the Hulu thing coming up and just trying to finish up Epcot, the projects they have in front of them. So I think it's going to be a little bit until something happens, but hopefully down the line, thinking positively that they will uh, come up with some sort of new idea to fill into that with that space. I'm with you. Uh, Joe, you know what? I want you, because this is your bread and butter, take us to number six and then go ahead and do number five too. So uh, six and five um, kind of, Sort of okay. They're both from Epcot. They're both in the kind of the same side of, of the park. Number six is a an attraction that uh, kind of became in the news a, a few years back. Uh, <laughs> it was an attraction that closed, and the uh, the animatronic that was in there uh, was uh, notoriously removed from the uh, from the attraction. Uh, but he was beloved, and it's our beloved Buzzy and Cranium Command that was contained in the Wonders of Life Pavilion. Now, Wonders of Life had a bunch of different attractions inside. You had Goofy about health. You had Body Wars, which was kind of like the I think Star Tours was done first out in Disneyland yeah. and then came to Disney World, and then Body Wars came along. But same kind of technology, so right? gross, but dude, was, so gross. Yeah, but but Cranium Command was beloved because it was a it was a family attraction. Everybody could go see it, and it was actually pretty unique. And I think personally, you just said no good deed goes unused in Disney, right? To me, I think Inside Out is almost based on this attraction because it's very similar how you're looking through hmm. the eyes of a child, and that's kind of what Inside Out was about, right? I mean, the different different emotions, the different senses, right? Uh, kind of a similar kind of deal. Um, that's kind of what this was with Buzzy. So. Uh, it opened uh, back in Epcot in uh, October 19th of 1989. It closed back in 2007. It's kind of when the Wonders of Life Pavilion was kind of on its way out. They had lost the sponsorship with MetLife, so things were not being updated, and it kind of just kind of went by the wayside and essentially has turned into what we say is the number one not used real estate, I think, at all of Walt Disney World. The Play Pavilion was supposed to be there, but COVID happened, so that's kind of been put on the back burner. So hopefully they'll do something with that space. But Korean Command was awesome. Just to give you a little bit of background about it, um, Buzzy was kind of the character that you saw. Uh, you went through like a typical day where you're kind of seeing it through the eyes of a kid. You're eating breakfast. You're going to school. Uh, you know, he misses the bus. Uh, he's got a crush on a girl in his, in his class. Um, you know, he's kind of getting picked on. So kind of all the challenges that kids kind of face uh, when they're going through school. And, uh, and it kind of like shows like all the different like inside out, like all the different senses, like all the different, all of the things that the different organs of the body are doing that you're, that the, that he's reacting to, right? Just a really cool, really innovative attractive, especially for back in the late eighties and early nineties, uh, that kind of technology. It was a lot of fun. Buzzy was a great character. Um, it would be great if he was still around. I mean, cause it'd be a great opportunity for merchandise or to make it into a movie. Um, kind of maybe another missed opportunity there, but, uh, I loved it. It was a great attraction. Um, do you guys remember, Mike or Justin, do you guys remember uh, Cranium Command? Did you guys ever go on it or experience it? You guys just did an episode about characters you would wait an hour to see. Can you imagine a buzzy meet and greet? Yeah, I never thought about that, man, when we did that I show. didn't either till just now. I've never thought about it. That line would be three hours long, and it would be everybody over 40. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that would be insane. Mike, do you remember this attraction? I vaguely remember it. It was one of those things I probably did the last time I, well, I was probably... 13 or 12 when I did it. Um, I think I only did it once, but I do vaguely remember it. We had talked about this attraction once before. Look, the who's who of voice uh, actors come in to, to take care of this thing. You've got uh, Charles Grodin, John Lovitz, George Wendt, um, Jeff, Jeff uh, Duchette, I don't even really know who that is, um, Bobcat Goldwaith, oh, come on, man, Dana Carvey, Kevin Nealon. Uh, like, it's just all kinds of people, man, coming in to get this thing done. Um, I remember it. I remember going in and watching the show. It was it was great. I mean, I, I really did enjoy Cranium Command. And the the thing is, is like we talked about with Alien Encounter, 
I think it's easier to say goodbye to things when they're replaced with something that we end up loving. With Alien Encounter and with Cranium Command, we kind of have never had that hole in our heart filled with anything new. We've just have been left with an empty carcass of a building. And uh, I think it makes it a little harder to say goodbye to things when you don't get something to replace it. Yeah, well, definitely one of those uh, buildings in that got replaced, and I think every hardcore WDW fan would die to bring back would be number five on our list. And uh, I think a lot of fans out there maybe would disagree where this falls on the list, but um, <laughs> it's a cult favorite. Uh, it's probably, I would still say, besides number one, which we will get to, um, is probably, I, I still say, one of the top missed attractions. That's Horizons at Epcot. And Horizons, people say, was kind of the sequel to Carousel Progress. It was, supposed to be, it was sponsored by General Electric. It was supposed to be um, a look at what the future was going to be like. And you know, Walt Disney was big in that, right? He loved having, you know, like, he did at the World's Fair, right? He would always have all of these different, uh, uh, oh my goodness, they have all these different uh, exp- Ex- expos. Uh, yeah, like the... Yeah, yeah, that would show, like, how, you know, the, the living over the future, the kitchen of the future, whatever. And that's kind of what this was about. It was supposed to be what life was going to be like, you know, 50 years from now, whatever. And, I mean, you will see T-shirts now with, like, the Horizons logo on it. People just would die to bring this building back. Kind of controversial how it closed. Um, I heard rumors everything from, like, the attendance was down to the building was sinking. Um, There's all kinds of rumors out there. Um, in the later days of its existence, it would kind of open and close uh, sporadically. It never really got its proper final send-off because as in the later days of its, its time, uh, it would be open seasonally, and then it just kind of closed, and it just never came back. So kind of like you know, Universe or Ellen's Energy Adventure, which I got to go on the last day, or Splash Mountain recently, which just closed. You kind of had that final day when you knew like this is going to be your last opportunity to ride it. Horizon fans never really got that opportunity to kind of give it a proper farewell. Um, but Horizons, you know, opened in 1983, uh, October 1st, and closed on December 24th, uh, 1995. Um, I'm sorry, it reopened in, in 1995, and then it finally closed um, in uh, January uh, 1999. So it's uh, kind of opened and closed a few times, but really never got its proper send-off. But um, just really a cool attraction um there's a couple really there's a couple of vloggers i've done some really good tributes to horizons out there i know martin's video dot uh, net is one of the guys really cool it's a it's an attraction it's, it's kind of old so um you know there's not a ton of like current videos out there and just a couple of these uh, youtube vloggers have put together some nice tributes to it uh, really cool attraction i highly re- recommend you guys uh, youtubing it and uh, checking it out so horizons number five on our list um i remember it very vaguely unfortunately i I would appreciate it more now being an older person, but um, yeah, I, I do have to refresh my memory a little bit, but yeah, Horizon's definitely on our list. Uh, Mike, this is the one for me. Maybe that's that's what ended up at number five. I just can't jog my memory on this one. I need to sit down and watch maybe a ride through again. I know I did it. I know I did it multiple times. Um, it's funny because I can remember Universe of Energy, you know, perfectly fine. Of course, I was open much, much later. Um, but for... For me, I have a hard time jogging my memory of this one. We, to try to jog my memory before the show started, we listened to the theme song. And uh, man, Joe nailed it when he was like, that is so 1980s, right there. <laughs> 19. <laughs> if you can dream it, then you can do it. Yes, you can. You remember it, though. Yeah. Oh, it's in there. It's in the <laughs> head now. I'll, I'll be four in the morning tonight. <laughs> um, Mike, did you ever ride this attraction? Do you remember? Does it spark a memory with you? 
I don't remember it. I yeah. really don't remember it at all. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it was selective memory. Uh, I don't know if I was been brainwashed to forget it. Um, I, yeah, I don't remember it. That it's, if it was, it was something that it was very, very far back. Um, I'm surprised they didn't break out into a rap uh, with that because they, they were adding some rap to the songs then too. But, um, but no, I, it, I, I, I don't remember do it. it. Yeah, I, I don't know. And here's the thing. So Horizons goes on to uh, be replaced by my nemesis in Epcot, and that is, of course, uh, Mission Space. Um, so if you're looking for where it was, it's right in that area. Makes sense, though. You know, if the building they were having some structural issues, is what I've heard it too uh, as well, Joe, with that building, um, is that they would replace it with Mission Space. We did an in-depth on Mission Space not so long ago, and look, I mean, they had to dig down which in central Florida is, it's tough to do, but you're down, you know, multiple stories to install the drive system for, um, for mission space there. So it kind of makes sense if you already have some structural issues to be able to, to go through and do that. Uh, but yeah, this, uh, this, it's funny you say this, all the, all the research I did for the show, Joe, you kept saying horizons, 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 horizons. And he kept saying it has a cult following. And I'm like, does it, does it? And then everywhere I look, it's like, Horizons has a cult following with Disney fans. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'm in the wrong. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, maybe I need to get on the Horizons bandwagon here because I'm uh, I'm definitely missing out on on the Horizons thing. But coming at number five, we are talking Horizons. Open October 1st, 1983. Closed December. Closed on Christmas, 1984. So uh, there it is. Mike, this is something that you loved, and that is number four, buddy. Yeah, it was one of those rides that I did with my family uh, back in the early 80s. Oh, 89, 90, you know, when I was when Hollywood Studios first opened. Um, I remember doing the soft openings with Hollywood Studios with my, with my dad and uh, my mom. So um, this is one of the things that it was one of the original inceptions of the park. And uh, a lot of the studio, a lot of the Hollywood Studios, Universal Studios had rides very similar to this. And it kind of fit that motif of what what the movie studio set was supposed to be. The, uh, the Backlot Tour was really, really cool. I liked it a lot. Um, it was one of those things that my kids got to experience, and then we got to get we were able to say goodbye to it, which is kind of cool. I think there's even um, I think it was more like an Eddie Murphy movie or something like that when they when he goes to uh, one of the parks and uh, it's it's kind of like a Wally World park and he he's on a ride very similar to that too where a train station gets flooded and um, so yeah so it's it's a lot of the studios mimicked these type of rides. Um, I miss it. It was cool to kind of see the behind the scenes stuff and how it works um, with the flame and the water and you know all the little different effects that would come in um i liked it a lot i liked a lot of the stuff you could see in the studio backlight tour i really missed that area i mean obviously we're blessed because we have galaxy's edge now but um it was something that i thought was really cool you just mentioned one of my favorite theme parks on the planet and i happen to be wearing the shirt and that is <laughs> wally world the moose up front should have told you um yeah i tell you what man for me the backlight tour was what Hollywood? It's funny because I'm going to keep going back to this. I'm going to sound like an old man yelling at a cloud. Uh, that's a good. There's your Simpsons reference reference for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what Hollywood Studios was supposed to be. So I talk about what Epcot was supposed to be. Epcot was supposed to be a place of learning, of you know, journeying into other cultures, of exploration. Hollywood Studios was supposed to be a, a a tour a tour of the movies, into the movies, being a part of making movies. You know, it was a working lot. This was the kind of last, uh, not the last, but it was it was it was really close to the last thing that really stood for what Hollywood Studios was originally built to be. Um, 
I'll never forget the queue alone was more than you get from from a lot of attractions. The fact that you could walk through the queue and you could see these uh, you know pieces from movies that you grew up with and that you loved, and you would want to you were close to them. You could you could touch them. It was almost like going to a planet Hollywood times you know a thousand because you were right there. And this was the queue, and then you would get on the bus. And you would go around with the tram and, you know, going through Catastrophe Canyon and seeing the water and the flames and everything going on, um, being able to see. I mean, there's just there was so much there that said this is how we make movies that you're getting behind the scenes of how movies are made. That for me, Joe, just this was this was Hollywood Studios like this was Hollywood Studios. Yeah, man, and, and as somebody who grew up, and, and don't laugh at me, guys, right, but uh, one of my favorite shows growing up, I used to watch it with my great-grandmother who used to live with us, The Golden Girls. Yeah, I love The Golden Girls. And Empty, and Empty yeah. Nest was followed right behind the spinoff. I used to watch it all the time with her. I still watch the reruns today. Love my Golden Girls. Um, you know, they the first season of Golden Girls, they filmed somewhere out in California, even though it's set in Miami. Um, but then the, the previous or following years, they used a facade at Hollywood Studios, and I thought that was really awesome. Also, I don't I don't know why I remember watching this, but one of the first things ever filmed at Hollywood Studios was that Bet Bet Midler movie, The Lottery. It's where I remember she loses the lottery tickets, like a short film, and uh, that was actually fully filmed at Hollywood Studios. One of the first things that was filmed there, I think it was almost even before it even opened. So, if you're curious, I want to see some of the old uh, backlot sets, uh, the Streets of America, right? Uh, YouTube Bet Miller the Lottery that was filmed at Hollywood Studios back in the late 80s before uh, the park really got opened and when it was a functioning movie studio. I just thought that was really cool. That's I kind of miss what it was, man. It felt like the signage, everything, the vibe of it, it felt like a movie studios and it just really doesn't have that anymore, unfortunately. Can I go ahead and say the this this will be the controversial statement for the show. We need like a, a sound clip whenever one of us says something that's going to really be controversial, okay? Like bum 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 bum. So in 2003, they end up walling off, pushing off part of this attraction because you get lights, motor action. Lights, motor action still, for me, is what Hollywood Studios is meant to be, right? So we got the backlot tour. We have lights, motor action. We get both, you know, being on set, being behind the scenes, seeing how movies are made, and we get how movies are made with cars, how they do this stuff. Super cool, right? I think those two attractions serve a better purpose at Hollywood Studios than Galaxy's Edge. I'm going to defer to Mike on that one. See what his thoughts are. Uh, if you if you're looking at the definition of Hollywood as a, Hollywood Studios as a movie studio kind of place, then get then I would say Galaxy's Edge takes up too much room. But if you were to start changing the park around a little bit more and having more areas and theming of movie sets like if they had a huge um, I mean listen they have the they have the Toy Story Land you know right. it's supposed to be more of you know that that particular type of movie you know that that specific Toy Story movie and if it was just lands based on specific movies uh, maybe if the area where um, um, where the Little Mermaid is, and you have the the um, you know the, the the that crazy disco you know Little Mermaid yeah, over yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that little area where the clubhouse is, and if you made that like a movie set over there, like some old time movie stuff, I mean, kind of revitalize that area and kind of make it more movie set wise. I think it would be kind of cool. I mean, 
the, the cool part about being on the like in the movie set, but then to be able to stand out underneath the Millennium Falcon, like as if you're on a movie set or on a different planet, it's got a whole different. So I'm kind of mixed on that. I know what you're getting at, and I know, and I can see your point of view, and I think that that the movie ride that the uh, that the backlot tour is more Hollywood like and more movie set like than the actual fine production of the Galaxy's Edge because Galaxy's Edge is a finished product you get to see the making of when it comes to the um, the uh, studio backlot tour all right here we go this might not this might not end well for us we we've had a good run 306 episodes <laughs> we're good i'm going to put my thanos hat on and if I could, five and a half. If I could, yeah, exactly. If I could snap my fingers right now, and Joe, I'm coming to you first. Snap my fingers, and I, we could keep it Galaxy's Edge, or I could snap my fingers, and we could instantly go back to where you have lights, motor, action, and the backlot tour. Which way do you want me to snap? I would go back to. I'm sorry, Mike. I know you're a Star Wars guy. I would go back to what it was, Mike. Lights, motor. I'd get rid of it and put it somewhere else. <laughs> That's not the question. You that don't get question. to make the rules. I'm Thanos, okay? I'm Thanos. Um for the for the for the old eighties and nineties style, I think that you snap and get rid of it because it should be what the uh the studio backlight tour is, but uh, moving forward, because that's what we do when we change stuff around, we have to uh <laughs> embrace the new stuff. And I'm gonna go with uh we keep it then. All right, I'm going to snap and look at us. We're right back. Let's go over and watch Lights Motor Action. Dude, when he's driving the car backwards and you think, he's the greatest driver of all time, and then he turns around and he's right there and he's actually driving forward the whole time. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, interested to hear spoilers, what the Spoilers, dude. Spoilers. Come on, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't do that now that we have it back at the studios. Uh, book your trip today. Make sure to get to the studios. Check out the Backlot Tour and uh, Lights Motor Action. <laughs> uh, coming in at number three. Look, this is something that I absolutely love, and I'm super excited. I'm coming to Mike first because this is something you got to do for the first time when we were in Disneyland. Coming at number three of the top ten extinct attractions at Walt Disney World, opening October 1st, 1971, closed down September the 7th of 1998, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mike, you were just on this attraction a couple weeks ago. Buddy, what do you think? Yeah, I think it was great. I think that we did an episode about it before we even went out to Disneyland and got to experience and talk about, you know, why it was removed, the, the stuff behind it. Um, when we were in Disneyland, I got to explain it to my kids because they didn't know the whole Mr. Toad story, the, the backstory to him. So they got to experience it for the first time, which is really, really cool. And um, I'm glad. I'm really glad I got to do it. I'm glad I got to take a little picture. I took a selfie with the Mr. Toad there in the queue. And um, I'm glad it was open because I think it's closing now, right? It's going to be closed down for a while. Uh, no, so. it was closed before we went, and then oh, it just okay. reopened. Yep. yep. Right, okay. We got lucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we got lucky getting in getting in on it, because I would have kind of been kind of bummed if I went to Disneyland and get to do that. Um, very cool, very cute, and um, we enjoyed it very much. Joe, why did you want me to put this in number three above Horizons? Uh, that was your text you sent me. No, I just uh, think... Uh, no, I didn't send it <laughs> <laughs> I said it should be on the list. Uh, this is definitely a missed attraction, man. Um, this case kind of freaked me out a little bit when I was a kid, riding yeah, in Walt dude. Disney World. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's a fun It's a fun attraction. Um, there's a reason why it was taken out. I don't know if it was something to do with Winnie the Pooh. There's something to do with the movies, or there was, there was some kind of reason why it was replaced and they put Winnie the Pooh in there. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, but it's sad to see it go. Um, however, just like Mike got his picture taken uh, with the Toad statue, uh, if you're in Walt Disney World, you still get that opportunity. 
Uh, you could see the Mr. Toad statue at the Haunted Mansion, which I think is a brilliant uh, detail that Imagineers did just to kind of pay tribute to it uh, in Walt Disney World as well, that his, uh, his statue is in uh, Haunted Mansion, Liberty Square. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride coming in at number three. Let's move on to number two. Guys, okay, these next two. I had the picket signs out. I was ready. I was out front. I was out there. No, no, it won't go. No, no, it won't go. Channel with me, DDP family. No, no, it won't go. Coming in at number two. And don't get me wrong. I love what they replace number two with because we get something that I can't believe it took this long to get it inside the Disney parks. But you talk about riding through the movies, opening May the 1st, 1989, closing its doors on August 13th, 2017. The Great Movie Ride. Joe, for me, the Great Movie Ride, and we, <laughs> I'm going to say it again, epitomized what Hollywood Studios was. The way the cast member interactions with playing their roles, going through some of the most iconic scenes in cinema history, that for me was one of the perfect attractions. I remember going through that attraction many times and seeing some of the old school movies like Casablanca and even Alien, you know, like from like the 70s to like the, the 20s and 30s and even 40s. Um, I remember trying to watch every movie that was featured in that attraction. Mm -hmm. I never saw Casablanca until I rode through the great movie ride or watching the pre-show when TCM kind of took over the, the pre-show uh, and they would kind of showcase these movies that they would show on their network. And because of this, I got to experience a lot of like, you know, the world's greatest movies, or at least some of the America's greatest movies that have been created here. I miss it. Uh, it was what the studios was. I love the interaction uh, between you know the cast members and some of the scenes with the with the bank robbery and all that kind of stuff. And then you get the the, the robber gets in your little vehicle and stuff. And it's just really cool. It was interactive. It was a great way also to cool off on a hot day. Um, didn't have a huge. Uh, it pumped through uh, you know uh, guests very fast with the large uh, vehicles. Uh, so it was a great place to cool off during the uh, the summertime as well. It's just it's an awesome attraction. I love Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I think that's actually pretty good. Uh, but I do miss the classics of what Hollywood Studios was. I mean, that you kind of balance the two, right? You got something that's pretty cool right now, but at the same time, I really miss the old school, you know, attraction, which 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 what it was. So hooray for Hollywood, Hollywood. Mike! Oh my gosh, man, it was so great! Like going under the lights and riding into the movies, and you know, follow the yellow brick road, follow the yellow brick road, and just the the whole the entire path that you went through from kind of the start of cinema to today was just fantastic. And I like it, like, like Joe said, just the fact that you, you were, and that's what Hollywood studio supposed to be. It not only took you behind the scenes of the movie, but also put you into the movies. And, um, don't get me wrong. I love Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. I was on a show uh, a couple years ago. I was on with a uh, big fat Panda and Craig McFarland. And, um, and uh, you know, it was just, uh, we were doing a countdown or, you know, kind of a, a bracket show and Mickey's runaway railway and it made it to the final. I mean, it's, it's that good of an attraction. It's the first time we see the five, five make their way onto an attraction in Walt Disney world, which is incredible. But for me, Mike, the great movie ride, I have a t-shirt downstairs that says, uh, about the great movie ride closing and how much of a tragedy it is really a fantastic attraction. Yeah, if it was up to me, I would Thanos snap the uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. It's a great ride, but if you want to get back to what the park's supposed to be, like you were mentioning before, then definitely the movie ride. Um, I think one of my favorite things about the movie ride was 
even just that last scene with all of those yeah. great movies and those great movie yeah. memories when you pull into that room and they would blend it all together and it was great. Um, I know I have, I've had both. Have you had both cast members, both the gangster and the Western? Yes, I've had both. Okay. Because I know some people, I know the Western one wasn't as popular Not as, as popular. the gangster was. Yeah. So it was kind of one of those things that if you got to, if you got to do that, you were lucky. Um, if you, if you, a lot of people out there, if you're listening, don't know what I'm talking about, go on YouTube. Um, a lot of us, when we did the great movie ride, you would have the, the gangster come out, you know, she would fight Bugsy and, or he would fight Bugsy and they would, you know, be dressed in the gangster suit and it's steal. but they also had one where it was a, um, where it was like an old Western, you know, it would take off from that Western scene and there would be some fire in that Clint Eastwood scene and um, it was a little bit of a different one so if you get a chance to look on YouTube find it, see if you can find the western version of the great movie ride and um, I think it was one of my second to last trips when I kind of knew it was kind of going on the wayside and I was able to get it for the first time and it was very cool that I got to experience both because I would have been bummed if I only got the gangster every single time yeah it was it was it was perfect it really was the perfect attraction for that park I mean they really did a great job with it and I can understand you know they when they closed it, Joe, they said that a lot of the animatronics were running down and the popularity, you know, and it's one of those things. I mean, look, I guess you change generations and you have to move forward. But, look, I didn't grow up with Casablanca. I didn't grow. I didn't even grow up with Alien. You know, that's before my time. But there was something about this this ride that just made it for me. Uh, like, I had to do it every time I went to, went to studios. And, and I don't have to do Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway every time. Yeah, and I think it had an effect on the cast members, too, as well. I remember going to uh, ride that. One of the last days it was open, um, and there were cast members walking around with, you know, kind of homemade shirts on that said, like, you know, I worked this attraction from this year to this year. I mean, it had that much of an effect on it. And then you'd ride the attraction with those cast members, and some of them, like, actually played the gangster or played the Western person, and they would, they're kind of, like, talking, like, amongst themselves. You're kind of overhearing what they're saying. And that attraction just had that much of an effect on not only the guests but the cast members, So, uh, which you don't usually see too often when an attraction closes. Like, you didn't see people walking around with Ellen's Energy Adventure T-shirts on, right? Speak I mean, for you yourself, sir. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's the good old universe of energy, right? But um, yeah, it was a great attraction. Like, I agree with you. I don't really go out of my way for Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. I like it. I experienced it first during COVID, so I didn't get the full experience. You know, like, I got, I didn't get the pre-show originally, so it, it, it didn't really have the effect on me that it had for maybe some other guests. But I agree with you. That's one of those attractions you could always get on. It was a, a quick, quick loader. Uh, it would take a lot of guests. So you wouldn't have to wait a long time for it. And it was classic Hollywood studios or d- classic MGM studios. And uh, it is greatly missed. And uh, I think still revered among uh, a lot of fans. 100%. Let's move on to our number one. I think out of all the nine we've talked about so far, this one, I don't know if it'll ever be surpassed. You know, there's like great moments in sports and there's great moments in history. And I don't know if this one, if we did this show 10 years from now, I, I hope I let me say this. I hope if we do this show 20 years from now, because there's only a certain amount of attractions that could close that would surpass this one. And it comes down to our number one extinct attraction from Walt Disney World. It's my favorite attraction of all time. And... That's Splash Mountain. Opens October 2nd, 1992. Closes January 23rd of this year. Uh, Joe, Splash Mountain will stand as, I think, one of the greatest attractions in Disney history. Yeah. um, The soundtrack is amazing. 
it was it was a 14 or 15 minute attraction yep. as well so it was a long attraction so even if you waited an hour it, it was worth it because you you had that thrill part of it as well so not only did you get the story you got the great animatronics you got the thrill part at the end um, you got one of my favorite characters. I've talked about it. I, I'm not ashamed to share with our DDB family. I got my cuddle buddy, Br'er Bear. You know, I, I love him. He's uh, he's one of my favorite characters. Um, sad to see him go. Luckily, he's they're still out in uh, Tokyo Disneyland, mm -hmm. uh, which, is, which is absolutely amazing. I'm glad that. And it's so popular with the Japanese crowd, which is which is really cool. So at least it's still kind of remaining out there for us to, uh, you know, to still experience it. But I really miss it. Um, a long time ago, I used to talk about like somebody asked me a question. They're like, when do you is there ever a moment when you go to Disney World that you feel like, oh, my goodness, I'm here. And I remember one time I answered the question. I said, well, it's when I ride Splash Mountain at night and I hear that soundtrack and then I kind of go out the outside part and you see you kind of go before you go back into the building. The second time you see Cinderella Castle right there, all lit up in purple. You, you got a beautiful view of it. And I'm like, that's just when I know like I'm in Disney. I made it here. And I don't think we're going to get that. I, I don't know how Tiana's going to be. We'll wait and see how it is. Um, I think a lot of people, maybe it's going to be one of those things that like we're maybe two years from now, we're like, wow, that was amazing. This was definitely an upgrade. I don't know if that's going to be that way. Only time will tell. But this is one that was really missed. I think if you pull people, the majority of people didn't want to see it go. Um, that's another topic for another day. But, um, but, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to miss those characters. I have all three of them upstairs in my man cave. Uh, like I went and I was one of those people who like did the bum rush and got one of each, you know, so I got them put away, uh, you know, for, uh, for souvenirs. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss this. Um, again, it's one of my favorite attractions to Justin and uh, yeah, it's going to be missed. Yeah. This one's, this one was a tough one for me. It was a tough one for Ellie. I'll never forget. We made a special trip to the parks, Mike, just to go ride this. Um, and we rode it four times in one day and I'll never forget Riley riding it for the last time. And she was in tears. Because and look, it's it's not bad tears. It's just it's tears of for her when she's our age, this'll be the attraction if she continues this show. You know, we'll pass this show down. We'll be we'll all be old men. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're all gonna be in the home and trying to record this show and we won't be able to figure out the new technologies and all that good stuff. Um That'll be that'll be the, the attraction she remembers, you know, because it meant something to her as a kid. And she loved it. Splash Mountain, buddy. Where does it stand for you? It, this one, I think I can. There's only a couple. I mean, Haunted Mansion, uh, Pirates. I mean, I think those might be the only two really. Maybe Jungle Cruise, but I don't even know if that one surpasses Splash. I think really those are the only two that, if they closed, would have a bigger impact than Splash Mountain. It just goes to show you that no ride is safe at Disney. You know, I mean, if they can close one of the best, most you know, loved rides, that that you know, they'll they'll change anything. Um, I was extremely disappointed about it. It was definitely one of my favorite. It was one of my top rides that I absolutely loved. I loved doing it as a kid. I loved doing it with my girls. Um, it's something that they got to experience that they're actually you know going to miss a lot too. Um, you know, I can't see how I can't see how the new version is going to be better. Um, we've seen Disney do it both ways, where they've taken something and they've improved it quite a bit, and we've seen something where they try to improve it, like Test Track, and it comes out worse, or <laughs> Soren, and it comes out worse. So. Um, 
it's got a it's got a high it's got a high standard to meet when it comes to you know the quality of this ride and what we're all gonna like and love. Um, I think it's also kind of equates to like when you see one of your you know your favorite you know maybe a major league baseball player like you know when Derek Jeter retired. You know what I mean? It was kind of like that was an end of an era. I mean I, you know I, I spent all my 90s watching you know the Yankees play and Derek Jeter being one of the most amazing great you know whether you're a Yankee fan or not he's one of the greatest shortstops ever in baseball. I mean a lot of people will argue that but to see him and his retirement days and kind of say goodbye to everybody it's was kind of sad to watch space mountain kind of watch uh, splash mountain kind of go its way out yeah no i completely agree um you know it's it's tough it's always tough to say goodbye to our favorites um but disney like you said always moving forward always trying to replace i don't know if they're gonna replace this one uh i i i hope here's what i always say when something like this happens i wish them the absolute best and i hope for their absolute success because it just helps um, the parks and it helps families enjoy their vacations more. But sometimes with these closures, man, it's tough to be like, I don't know how you get better in Splash Mountain, buddy. That thing is just, I mean, that, the great movie ride, there's some really great ones out there that we no longer have. And uh, the hard part, too, is, you know, you talk to a lot of people who, Joe, have never been to Disney or, you know, their kids have never been to Disney. And they, these people that go, and I see it all the time because of what I do, and they go, yeah, we wanted to wait till our kids were like 10 to take them to Disney. I'm like, if you take them when they were four, they could have grown up loving Splash Mountain. What do you, you don't want to scream at him and shake him by the shoulders? Um, it's always tough whenever you get closures, but it is one of those things that we do see uh, happen in Walt Disney World. And without it, we of course would not be moving forward like Walt always wanted. I do want to ask you before we move on to our favorite things every week. I want to ask you guys: Do you have any honorable mentions you want to throw out there? I'm going to give you mine really quickly. Joe, you happened to mention earlier um, an attraction that really wasn't that popular. Um, had the grossest carpet in all of Walt Disney World, but I really loved it, and that was Ellen's Energy Adventure. Um, I really liked it, man. It was like a 35-minute attraction. Uh, really, really fun to be able to jump on there and uh, kind of walk through. Um, you know, Ellen was funny. You got Bill Nye the Science Guy. You've got, um, you know, some dinosaur animatronics. Uh, I, I really did. I, I'm the weird person. I actually like that attraction. Yeah, for me, um, I went back and forth. There's two honorable mentions. Uh, one was Kitchen Cabaret over at the land. I thought mm, that was a really cool show. Yeah. Veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit. Everybody knows veggie, about veggie, that. Veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit. And then, you know, I, I'm a, a sucker for the 80s, right? 80s and 90s. Um, so if you're going to combine, uh, if you had wings and Delta Dream Flight, not really the most exciting attraction, but uh, as somebody who loves to fly in airplanes, uh, you know, I, I thought it was really cool. I remember flying Eastern Airlines down to Walt Disney World from Newark Airport, and uh, they were a presenting sponsor for a really long time until Delta took over, and I remember they used to promote that attraction, and I just remember doing that as a kid, and uh, just thought that was always classic classic Tomorrowland, classic Walt Disney World, so they're kind of two that I really miss. There's some uh, tribute sites out there for uh, for Delta Dream Flight, and if you had wings, uh, you'll see some t-shirts put out there, so I think there's a little bit of a following for that ride, uh, and if you just say veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit, that's all you gotta say, right now is Kitchen Cabaret, so uh, <laughs> you know, anytime you can just say one line of a song and people know what you're talking about that's pretty impressive i think we need a ddp new ddp shirt veggie veggie fruit fruit and then you could just walk through the parks and see who who catches on who says it to you i like it i like it because we got to make the joe q shirt we got to make the fomo shirt oh the fomo shirt fomo yeah. is real and has joe's caricature on the front so i like it <laughs> we'll get that done mike any honorable mentions 
Uh, you know, and I kind of regretted this from the last from our our Disneyland trip. Um, I didn't take the girls on twenty thousand. Well, the Finding Nemo, right? Know, the, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I liked the uh, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I remember doing that as a kid. I remember getting on that submarine and me being, you know, whether it was nine or ten years old, feeling that I really was going underwater when the bubbles would come up the windows and you know you would get that doo doo that submarine noise. Um, so I think that would be my honorable mention would be the twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I think I scared you away from that. I think that's my fault you didn't go. Yeah, well, Laura wouldn't go on it after you said that, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's just, it's not air conditioning. I'm not going in that, so I'm like, yeah. okay, well, that was that. Well, it was hot. I mean, Joe, it's hot out there, and you get down in those submarines, they're not air conditioned. That's a little claustrophobic, too. It's a little claustrophobic, and you're stuffed in there, and uh, it's it's stuffy. And I told I told Mike in front of Laura, I said, don't go during the day, man. Go at night. If you're going to do it, go at night when it's at least a little cooler because it gets... It gets stuffy down in there in the middle of the day. Like it's not, you know, it's it's not. It gets hot. It gets it gets a little warm. So, uh, and then after that, Laura's like, "Nope, not a chance. Not doing it." So, yeah, that was it. Uh, well, guys, look, it's been a lot of fun talking about our top ten. Uh, of course, we'll roll through them real quick. Coming in at number ten, the Skyway. Number nine, Maelstrom. Number eight, the original Star Tours. Number seven, Extraterrestrial Alien Encounter. Number six, Cranium Command. Number five, Horizons. Coming in at number four, the Studio Backlot Tour. At number three, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Number two, The Great Movie Ride. And, of course, at number one of the most iconic attractions closed at Walt Disney World, we are talking about Splash Mountain. Boys, always fun to chat about attractions. I hope that you listening right now, our DDB family, had the uh, opportunity to experience, if not some, all of these attractions at some point. And definitely go on our Facebook page and go on there and tell us about your experience. What's your favorite attraction that you miss at Walt Disney World that maybe we talked about or we missed? We can't wait to see you over there on DDP Today Podcast Family on Facebook. You know, maybe you've done some of these rides. Maybe you have some old Polaroids laying around. Maybe you took some pictures and you brought them to the old photo mat to get developed at the uh, the old 24-hour photo. Um, if you have some of those photos, or if you're going to go on some of these, you know, these rides, or you have some pictures from when you got to do it, post them on our DDP page because we have an amazing DDP page with some amazing DDP family that posts some great pictures and brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. All right, guys, my favorite thing every week. Uh, Justin, tell me, what's your pick of the week? Ooh, I get to go first? I never oh, get man. to go first. This is amazing. Um, I feel so special right now. You uh, never someone go else first? Who, huh? I never go, I never go first. You never go first. And then, you know, when, when you and I record, sometimes I'll go, you go first. No, you, you go. Um, Mike, why does Mike go first? No, he's time? not going first. I'm going first. All right. All right. First. No, I'm, the only week, child's coming out right now, okay? Uh, someone else who, feel, who should feel special is Ryan Brady. He posted, having an amazing vacation. He said, kind of Disney-related because this is the beginning. Lane, Sea Disney trip. Um, Wonder of the Seas is amazing. Uh, so much fun. We're only two days in. Look, I love that you guys are having an amazing time down in that area and appreciate you so much, brother. Thank you, man. Congratulations on an awesome vacation. And do keep those pictures coming. Love it. Create those memories, buddy. Create those memories. Very cool. Great pick. Joe, what's your pick of the week? So my pick of the week goes to uh, Christina McSheffrey, and she listened to one of our previous episodes, and I think some of my favorite character interactions are on this post right here. So she writes, today's podcast was so much fun. I love obscure character sightings. Got me scrolling through memories, memory albums, trying to find all the ones I'd be able to check off from the list. Who would you guys like to see? And it's it's fig, it's giant figment, right? It's uh, It's the... 
the Haunted Mansion guys. It's the Seven Dwarfs. It's Roger Rabbit. It's uh, Jack Skellington. All of like some great character sightings that we talked about in one of the episodes. Thought that was really cool. Uh, anytime you see a giant figment walking through the parking uh, through the park and pictures, I'm gonna stop and look at that. So uh, she definitely checked a lot of the boxes of some of my favorite character sightings for that. Uh, Christina gets my pick of the week. Very cool, great. Fit. You know, Justin, that's one family, the, the McSheffrey family, that's been been with us since forever. Our very, very big forever. Yeah. And we've never got to have them on a trip yet. We have to work on that. We have to talk to them and find out what their schedule is going to be so that we can plan a trip with them because uh, they, they, they've been around forever. They've been such a great part of our DDP family. And, um, you know, I, I have yet to meet them in person. So why don't um, we just why don't we just make the 2024 DDP trip just to see them? We'll just bring like we'll bring like a hundred people up to their house. We'll just have it at their house. I love it. That's what I'm saying. We'll just let's go to their house and just throw we down. Even, so you're saying we won't even. You're saying I chose good, then, right? Huh? I chose good then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, it's very good. Yeah, we'll, right. we'll, just, we'll, we'll just make it a surprise. I won't even know about it. I love we'll it. Still I'm, show up. I like that idea. Very cool. Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to Shannon Simpson McCammon, and they said finally found Mickey bars at a local Costco. Couldn't even wait to get them home and crack them open. Tastes as, almost as good as they are on Main Street, and. Um, I've had them. I love having them. Problem is when I have them in the ref- in the freezer here, they don't last very long because we all eat them up very quickly. So, uh, Shannon, I agree. They taste great. Just about as good as on Main Street. So you have my pick of the week. Um, absolutely love it. Look, Mickey bars in Disneyland are different than in Walt Disney World. Mike, you'll attest to this, I think. Did you try one while you are out there? I didn't. I tried oh, churros. you got to try them out there. I tried like every the kind of churro you can imagine. The churros are way better. Yeah. The churros are way better in California than they are. It's not even close. Every churro stand I would pretty much stop at. I had the, um, I had, well, I will talk about it more in the, when we do our, our Disneyland trip show, but I had the one with the bacon and the maple syrup on it. Oh, and, interesting. Um, I had the Oreo ones. I had the Caliente ones. I had, yeah, I went to nuts. And I went crazy with the churros. Was the churro cart still in the downtown Disney yeah. district? Yes. They still, yeah. Okay, they still had it there? Yeah. All right. I, had yeah, the or- I had the Oreo one from there. Yeah, we stopped there for Riley one time because Riley's hungry every 10 minutes. So we stopped. We had to stop <laughs> on our walk. Um, well, hey, DDP family, look, lots of going on. With, uh, lots of going on. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Um, <laughs> lots going on with the uh, DDP family right now. We're back home. I'm getting caught up. Like, I, jet lag got me this trip, um, but I'm, I'm feeling better this week. So excited to be here chatting with you. Of course, we chatted a lot about it uh, this time. I know it's not Disney, it's our sister show, Universal Unleashed. Make sure you get a hold of us, man. We are almost, guys, we're six weeks from yesterday from the start of Universal Unleashed Nights of Fear event. So how much fun is that? Um, six weeks from today, we'll be at Halloween Horror Nights having a blast. That is adult only, 18 and over. If you need to get rid of your kids for a couple days, you need some adult time, come down and hang out with us. Actually, you know what's funny? As of right now, it's going to be all five DDP hosts at the event. That never happens. It's almost impossible to get us all five in one room, but all five DDP hosts going to be there hanging out, having a blast. So make sure to come down, get a hold of us, Justin away with me, travel.com, and we will get you taken care of with that. Second thing is uh, we have planned the DDP Today family vacation for 2025. It is planned. It is ready to roll. I know what you're saying. Justin, you're losing it. It's only 2023. You, you haven't even announced 2024. Well, that's because we haven't planned that one, okay? 2025 is planned, and we are ready to announce it. Uh, I would say on the next episode we can announce that, and I think you are going to be very, very excited for that one as well. Last but not least, I've been meaning to say this on an episode now for the last five or six weeks. Go back three months ago, I put out a call for voiceovers um, for auditions for our show. 
And a lot of people sent in audition tapes and audition audio to me uh, for us to kind of go through to where we can get an official voice for DDP. I did not forget about you. Um, with the Disney, it was really a bad time for me to try to ask for that. Uh, with the Disneyland trip, you know, coming up and work and the podcast, and we added two new shows to the network, and we had this and we had that. Um, it kind of got put on the back burner, but it's still there. I still have it. So please do not think I forgot about you. Um, I'm going to sit down with all four of the other hosts. We're going to go through those at some point. They don't even know this. I'm, I'm dragging them in. We're going to go through those at some point because we do want to have an official voice of DDP today. We want to have someone who we can reach out to and you can be that official voice for when we need voiceover work. Um, so we will uh, be getting back to you with that. Um, it's just going to take us a little bit of time to sit down and get that done. So I apologize it's taken this long for me to say it. I have it on my notes every time to do it. And uh, I've just overlooked it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So thank you guys for sending that. And we have those. And we will definitely be in touch as soon as we can all sit down and spend some time together. Um, guys, awesome show. Love it. Love chatting Disney history. Love chatting attractions. Love chatting extinct attractions. And some of the my favorite attractions is both a kid and an adult. Um, but we've got a great thing for patron. We're actually, the last couple of patrons, we haven't done much Disney stuff. This one, we're keeping completely Disney. We're going to talk a lot of Disney topics that have been coming out in the news. Um, some Disney topics that we typically wouldn't hit on the main show that we're going to hit over there. Some more adult things. Um, going to get in the weeds of some stuff. Uh, if you want to become a part of the patron, make sure to go click that link below for as little as $2 a month. You can join the patron. You get that extra access to the show every single week. It's like getting two episodes a week. Um, you also get access to the Facebook group. Um, really, really cool. The, the patron side's a little more of adult oriented too. You get a little more, more us, uh, as well, more of our stories and kind of what's going on in our lives. So if you're interested in that type of thing, make sure to click that. And, uh, literally for less than a cup of coffee, you can, you can not only get access to all that stuff, but you can also help the show. You can help us, uh, try to put out as much content as possible, um, with as many shows as possible each and every week. So we appreciate you guys. And uh, we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon side. Uh, boys, let's close this up. Let's head over to Patreon. Mike, coming to you first. Yeah, I had a great time talking to you guys tonight. I got to relieve, relive some of my memories and some of the stuff I got to do with my family, with my mom and dad when I was a kid. Some of the stuff I got to share with my kids as well, too. Um, it's always nice to reminisce a little bit and kind of uh, take that little bit of a walk down memory lane. And I'm looking forward to the Patreon show tonight. Love it. Joe? Yeah, man, I uh, love uh, reminiscing a little bit, like Mike said, getting back in the uh, Wayback Machine a little bit, talking about some extinct attractions from the heyday and some of the fonder times of my Disney vacations as a kid growing up. I loved it, so I always enjoy doing that. Um, I'll say this here so everybody hears it. Mike, I wish you the best of luck at getting uh, your house back in order before your, your trip <laughs> down to it. Especially, too, Mike, you know, you're going, Mike's going to be at Saratoga Springs, my beloved Saratoga Springs, so I can't wait to talk to my brother about it to see what he thinks of my home resort, you know, it, it, more recently, right? I'm sure, mm -hmm. Mike, you've stayed there before, but, you know, just to, you're the tree houses, right? It's no, different... I'm staying, I just got a three bedroom. The first time doing it. Oh, okay, really? Yeah. You got a three bedroom Grand Villa, so I mean, three bedroom that's the, for four I've never, of us. That is amazing, bro. So I cannot wait to to discuss that with you. Uh, so good times tonight. But looking forward to discussing our Patreon topics uh, coming up. So Patreon, stand by. You guys are on deck. So you're telling me I could hang out with Joe Thursday and then drive to Florida Friday. You could be in our room and we wouldn't even know it. I know. I could have a <laughs> Justin room. You kidding me? Or bounce on the bed, take baths. It would be amazing. Man, um, we we were, we were originally gonna do, we were gonna have some of the girls bring their friends and we're like you know what, let's just keep it to a family trip so uh, each girl gets their own bedroom and there's two queen beds in each room so the girls can sleep on a bed different bed either night so uh, should be pretty cool I know there's a there's a staircase in there it's a two level thing and um, I don't know we'll see it should be pretty cool 
Hey, hey Mike, can you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Um, just take some like pictures of the of the bill before you guys get settled in. If you just if you don't mind, because yeah, obviously you know you're gonna have three ladies with you, and then I'm sure suitcases are gonna explode, and mm-hmm. they're gonna you know it's as, so. I would just love to see what a three bedroom Granville looks like. Um, I mean, I'm sure I've seen stuff on online, but just would love to see what you stayed in. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, have we, you not been in there, been, Joe? I've never been in one. No. Oh, they're no, nice. I've been in uh, studios and one bedrooms. That's it, Saratoga. So yeah, they're nice. Yeah, Mike, you're gonna love it, man. You're gonna love it. You're you and Laura can spread out, dude. I would nice. completely ruin your vacation, though. I would run through there in my undies, like singing songs. It would be. Might as well get thrown out of the room and just <laughs> go to the other bedroom. Exactly. We don't even know I'm here. Uh, well, DDP family, thank you so much for everything. We love you guys. You're awesome. Uh, we like the fact that you guys keep it positive and and keep it Disney. It really is what makes this community different than most. Is the fact that you guys. You know, you're you're interactive. You let us be a part of your lives, and uh, and you show up each and every week. And it makes this really fun to do when you guys do that. So it's you know we we get messages all the time. It's like, hey guys, thanks for what you do. This this is the easy part is getting on here and chatting. You guys built the community, and uh, you guys are the ones who keep it growing and keep it coming, and and we appreciate you. So make sure to share the community too, man. Get online and, and share the community with your friends that like Disney as well, and bring them over because it is a positive place where you can come escape for a little bit and just uh, kind of surround yourself with like-minded people. So thank you guys so much for everything you do. We love you. Keep positive. Make someone smile. Go make someone's day. We appreciate you. We love you. And until next time, we will see you real soon. Have a good one, everybody. Have a good night. See you guys. On behalf of the Disney Dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day. Spread some Disney love and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the and that's a wrap. Woohoo! Oh, that's fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to be back. This has been YDF Media Productions.